Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. I am me. I am me. And uh, welcome to a special episode of Cast Protection. I believe this is episode 24. I think so. Um, yeah. But Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series Stranger Things. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I'm joined by Dave Atterbury. Hello, friends. And Mr. Chris Tyler. Game over, man. <laughs> and if you can tell by that, uh, I said it's a special episode because tonight... We're going to be talking about a film that definitely was an influence on Stranger Things 2, and that would be James Cameron's awesome sci-fi action epic, Aliens. Yes. This time it's war. (laughs) So, which is not, you know, not not too dissimilar to season two of Stranger Things, um... Which we'll get into, I'm sure, as we get uh, as we get a little further into the movie. So, what we're gonna do tonight? We've got ourselves uh, all queued up. We're gonna actually be watching the, I think it was 1990, the director director's cut that Cameron put out. It's a little bit longer, goes into a little bit more of uh, the story of the colony on LV426 and uh, Ripley's backstory. But I think we all agree it's it's pretty good and and worthwhile addition yeah. uh, to the movie. It's the one I always watch. Yep, so we've got it all zeroed, uh, zeroed out here, uh, zero, 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 and we're ready to begin. Do you guys want to, do you have anything you want to add before we get started? Um, I, it's a great movie. We could just jump right into it. We'll be, it it's two and a half yeah. hours, so we've got plenty of time to talk. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I said we get the show on the road. Yeah. So, all right, everyone ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Three, two, one, play. It's on. Ah, this is the beautiful 20th Century Fox logo. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I uh, I saw this before I saw Alien. And Me I too. Saw it, Me 
it started too. on the uh, the and it was on the it was on when it was on cable, so it was probably closer to eighty eight. Okay. I think when I saw it, it was during the summer. I was on Cape Cod with a bunch of my cousins, and it was on. And and this was several years after my father had tried to show me the original Alien, which mm. was way too scary for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he also tried to show me Alien at like seven years old, which is just a little too young. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I uh, I was lucky. I saw this first as well, and I saw it in the theater. Oh, wow. Yeah, so at the time, I lived with my, my mom and my stepdad, and uh, we lived on, a, on an army base in Japan. So I got to see this in a theater full of military oh. men and their families. So it was really interesting. Like, I got to see a couple movies like that. Top Gun was another one where <laughs> it was – I didn't realize at the time, but I was basically going to, like, opening night to a Star Wars movie. You know, the, 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 the crowd was just into it. You know, because it's mm-hmm. kind of a military movie. So we, you know, he like had the credits. He stood up, did the Pledge of Allegiance, and the movie started. So it was, um, it was kind of wild. Awesome. So, and I was in fifth grade. So I was 10, I think, when I saw this. All right. So, yeah. And I remember, mm-hmm. like, it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like, I'd never seen a movie this intense before. So, yeah, I, I think before this, the most intense movie I ever saw was probably like uh, Crawl. I mean, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, it just, well, I like to. I had snuck a, the Terminator in on cable, so close. <laughs> but this is this is next level. You know what oh, I mean? It like, this is. is yeah. So oh, Terminator show. has awesome, very intense chase scenes, which right. Cameron, you know hones to perfection in the last, you know, 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, intense is the right word. This movie gets you on edge uh, once it gets to the planet, and it doesn't really ever back down. (laughs) Well, that starts even earlier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd say that. I have to thank this movie publicly because, because I'd seen this in the theater, I was able to, when my parent, my adopted parents, like a year later, I went to go with my uncle, and we had movie night every Friday night where we'd rent movies. And there was always a kid movie and an adult movie. Ooh. And because I had seen Aliens, I was allowed to see Alien when they rented it one time. All right. Oh, all right. And that's how. And so that would have been probably just a few years later, like maybe like 90. And so um, it was basically what allowed me to get permission to stay up for the occasional adult movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, so very nice. Yeah, I am a little bit younger than you guys, and I honestly I cannot tell you. I, I honestly I don't remember the first time I see I saw this. It had to have been a rental. Yeah. Um, so it was sometime in the early '90s. I probably was eight to ten in that range. Yeah. Right. Um, you know what's funny though? I first kind of, you know how when you're a kid you kind of learn about things through like just like osmosis it seems like right you know how i first found out about this movie is seeing the action figures and they've probably been on the pegs for who knows how long oh, those came out oh, years sto- after yeah yeah okay yeah. well there that makes sense then but the my first exposure to this movie was like all the colonial marine 
action figures and like the different aliens that went along with it. Yeah, and the, which yeah. is probably more closer to Alien Three. You yeah, know, in that time yeah. frame. Yeah, I think you're right. And the, I remember the those. cool thing about that series of aliens figures is they had all different aliens for if they had went into different animals. Like there was a bat one. There was a bull for bull. sure. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm. Yeah. But, so I think I might have even had a few of those, but. That was honestly how I first was exposed to this, and I honestly think I could be totally wrong on this. I'm the first one of these I might have seen though might have been Alien Three. Ah, really? Weird. Yeah, it's a weird starting point, but yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Did you guys ever play the arcade game? Yes. It's I can't so say that. No. Yes, I love that arcade game. I did. Yeah, Cir- circa nineteen ninety or ninety one ish yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was that one. after the movie for sure. There was a PC game yeah. too that I never, I never got to play. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, we're, we're yakking over the uh, the very slow and quiet, um, getting Ripley out of. Oh. Uh, Love that drift. that transition. Oh, it's 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 gorgeous. Yeah, the Ripley to the Earth. Yeah. Oh. No, the one place we still have yet to be for a proper alien film. That is correct. Mm. <laughs> But uh, that dry dock they got up there, that space station, is awesome looking. It is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I know we had talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but, um, you know, 20th Century Fox put out some awesome Blu-ray, or, I mean, DVD and Blu-ray releases of some of their, you know, top of their catalog type things, Mm -hmm. uh, including these alien films. And um, here, hold on one second. I'm going to mute myself just for a second. You guys keep going. Yeah, so they, uh, yeah, they, Alien had some standalone releases, and then they did a, a big box set called the Alien Quadrilogy um, in 2003, That's, and it had a boatload, so good. boatload of extra yeah. material. Anything you could think of was on there. Documentaries for each movie, deleted scenes, oh, commentaries, um, great, great stuff. And uh, yeah, if you have definitely the, a must-have yeah. if you like these movies even a little bit. Yeah, I think you can get the Blu-ray set for a pretty good pretty good price now too um so if you're a fan of these movies at all it's worth picking up um oh yeah, yeah. the blu-ray set goes on sale all the time yeah, for looks, the movies look great and it's they carried over all the bonus material so it's worth it and we t- we're totally not even mentioning paul riser yep there he is yeah. i love i love the upturned collar on the uh, 80s jacket well it's not even the 80s jacket it's a 20 i don't even i don't even remember what year these take yeah but see yeah, but see, the the '80s have come back around again. That is true. Future. I'm saying, yeah, it, it looks like an '80s jacket, <laughs> except his collar's turned up. But I like it. Uh, it's, um, it's smart looking. It's smart looking. But here's the the big rub. Here we find out that that Ripley's been floating for 57 years since she blew up right. the Nostromo. Right. Which I think, I mean, this to me like is the like the script in this movie is just what really makes it, you know? Yeah. I mean, most sequels back in this time period were usually just cheap rehashes of the previous movie. You know, they were a cash-in. Like Jaws. And, yeah. I mean, and Cameron, you know, he wrote a story that made sense, that made logical sense of continuing what had happened in the first movie and not just rehashing it or re-doing it, you know? Um Oh man! Oh, what yeah. a great yeah! Seeing this for the first time, I was freaking out. I mean, I was oh man, like yeah. nine years old watching this for the first time. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm scared. 
Well, yeah, I didn't know what I was in for. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, you usually didn't see previews. You only saw previews for other movies if you went to a movie. Right. And so I had no clue what I was going into. You know, like my kids, they, they know what we're going to do every time we go to the movies. I was just like, that that scene right there scared the hell out of me when I was 10. Yeah, I'm just glad Jonesy survived. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm um, sorry I got interrupted there, but one of the, what I was saying about the, you know, obviously the documentaries and everything on the Blu-ray sets are mm-hmm. great, but they go into so much detail about the production of, uh, of all the films, but watching it for this one, you know, Cameron, it was a long road for him to get this made and to direct it and to write it, and uh, but it was the strength of his script that got him the job, basically. I mean, while yeah. I guess it was before he was doing Terminator, um, he basically or was during Terminator, Terminator, he wrote like part of it, yeah, and he came back and Rambo finished two, it. And this, like, he was doing like back to back to back, like it was bananas for him, right. And so he wrote, like, basically on the strength of, like, the first 90 pages of his story or whatever, they were like, okay, we want you to do it, you know. But they recognized right away just the quality of this as a continuation of, you know. Even then they recognized the original Alien as a classic, you know. Yeah, yeah. really, you couldn't do the same thing again without it being super right. cheap rehash, you know. Right. I mean, if anybody could have done it in exact rehash of it it probably could have been cameron i mean you could have had her crash land on you know anywhere and then you start over with something else but you know i'm here for right. the xenomorphs man the xenomorphs. Um, well and it's interesting because like you watch the first movie you know and and ripley kind of she's really just the last man standing yeah she's the you final know. girl yeah, it kind of comes out, of, you know, it's pretty much a an ensemble piece where she's just the one that doesn't get eaten. And and what's really neat about this script, which is ironic where they went with the later story, is like this whole sequel essentially makes it Ripley's story. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know the first time you watch Alien, if you were watching it in a vacuum, I'm sure the people in, was it 78, 79 watching it, I mean, you right. think it's... You think Tom Skerritt's the main character. Sure. You know? Right. Right. You know? And then he gets, he's the first, well, he's the, you know, one second one to get offed. Yeah. You know? Well, third, I guess. I think he's third, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, and, and this whole, this whole story essentially is Ripley-centric and, and kind of, it all serves to inform her character. Everything, you know, that happens is a reflection of how it relates to Ripley. Sure. Um, which was, which was interesting because if you, we'll get there in the end, but you know, that's kind of where they, with alien three, they kind of said it's Ripley's story. Nobody else matters. And (laughs) (laughs) much to the chagrin of a lot of people. Right. I, um, as I get older, this scene of her in the, um, the hearing or the, uh, boardroom or whatever it says. Yeah. Is, is so incredibly powerful to me, especially oh, if, when you marathon these movies or if you're just marathoning one and two, which I know a lot of people do. It is right. such a kick in the teeth because you know, because you just watched everything she went through. And here you've got right. all of these corporate suits 
telling her that she's wrong. It, it's just ridiculous, you know? I, well, I, oh, yeah, and, and that's probably the one aspect of the first movie that Cameron didn't play up too much was the idea that the company, like, just didn't care about him. They were, you know, crew expendable. Yeah. You know, was what Mother told her in the first movie, yep. you know? Um, they put a nice face on it in this boardroom meeting as they're, you know, completely disregarding everything she says, but, you know... Uh, they don't care about her at all. Um, yeah, she acts the hell out of that scene. This whole movie, I mean, she she deserves. Yeah, yeah, she deserves it. I mean, she she, she runs the whole gamut in this movie. I mean, she just it's impressive. Yeah, she got well, nominated, this, uh, and, and I think Horner's score got nominated too. I think you're right. Which I'll have more to say about that later after watching mm-hmm. the documentary. No, but, uh, about Horner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the special edition, you know, we've already, we already kind of talked over one the of the scene, me, one yeah. of the big scenes here where she was just basically explained to that while she was in hypersleep, her daughter, you know, lived her whole life and died while she was gone. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the, I definitely think one of the benefits or one of the pluses for the director's cut is, you know, fleshes out Ripley even that much more than she already was such powerful, you know, center yeah. of the story and folks of the story in the, in the theatrical cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, the theatrical cut is great, and, and you do certainly get enough with her telling Newt her backstory, but the right, um, right. the physical, you know, the picture of, here's your dead, picture of your dead daughter at the end of her life is such, right. a, is such a gut punch, you know, it, it mm-hmm. just helps reinforce the the thematic stuff that's going on with this movie. And again, everything about the alien is a bastardization of, of conception and motherhood. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so the first, the first film is so subversive in that aspect of it that I actually kind of like how Cameron, he kind of brings it back around a little bit in this one, you know, like, you know, and motherhood is a major theme in this movie for sure. Um, Man, what talk about a fearic victory to survive all that, literally like get away by the skin of your teeth, float in space for all that time and that and just, just lose everything, basically. Lose everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's at the absolute bottom when this movie starts. Yeah, and and where do you go when everybody you know is already dead? What are you supposed to do? And you can't do the work that you're good at, you know? All Which of that a- all together. Which again is like a testament to to the way Cameron writes. Oh, you know? definitely. You know, giving the characters you know something to do, uh, a road to travel on. Um, it would have been very easy for them just to skip all this and just get her right back up there in a spaceship, you know, chasing aliens. Well, that's uh, the thing. She's the most developed character, while the Marines are kind of arch, you know. Pretty much every one of them falls into a trope, but I mean they're they're good tropes, you know, it's stuff that we like. Yeah. But she is the well-developed character. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, more extended stuff right here. Yeah, this is. So we're uh, back on LV four two six, which is where uh, Ripley first encountered the alien. But uh, yeah, so we see what the the day to day is like there, which I. I always appreciated it. I mean, just from the set design stuff, and I'll watch Cameron machines doing Cameron machine stuff all the time. But um, 
seeing that the planet is kind of is kind of a wreck anyway. I mean, they know they're trying to terraform it, but it, it shows you the conditions that all these colonists are dealing with for the last however long they've been there. Yeah. yeah, um, Sid Mead did a lot of the military tech design, and Ron Cobb did a lot of the production design otherwise. Yeah, Ron Cobb um, the first one, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really, you know, like you said, it kind of gives it a, it's this that, is the big, okay. sorry, this is the beginning of that, like, there is definitely a Cameron look to his films when it comes to, like, technology and that kind of stuff, and you see it more in The Abyss, you see it in, uh, Avatar, I mean... Yeah, the realistic, industrial, real-world type stuff, stuff that you believe yeah. would actually work. Right. And it's, right. and again, it's. I, I, I think the Star Wars influence was strong with that just because of the whole used future thing where stuff looked like it was just whipped to crap, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... These scenes are okay, I'd say, in terms of addition. Yeah. Um, The big wheel is great, though. I want a whale and Utani big wheel. For sure. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, what is good about this is that you you basically get Newt's backstory, basically. I mean, that's what you're getting here. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't come out quite from left field that, oh, here's this tiny girl. (laughs) Just living. You know, right. a little little backstory never hurts. Plus, it, I mean, it also helps tie back to that uh, to the original Alien, you know, with the face hugger and stuff. Which I'm getting ahead of the the film itself, but it's uh it's one of those things that just that connective tissue between the original one and this one, you know, that kind of cements the, right. the world. And if you if you're interested. All you special edition fans, um, there's an audiobook that's exclusive to Audible called Alien River of Pain. Ooh. And it is the story of this colony, essentially a prequel to this movie. Okay. Um, it, it, it even has a cameo from Will, William Hope as Lieutenant Gorman. All right. Um, it's got some, some good, um, uh, good voice acting and it's kind of a cool story that like tries to, uh, uh, get right there uh, and fit in with the movie without doing any kind of contradiction. Okay. So it's uh, it's good. I, I got it on an Audible sale. Listened to it. Um, it was it was nice. It's like a full voice acted cast type uh, okay. movie. So uh, I dig that. I dig it a lot. Nice. So. I did not. Alien, know was not Alien River of Pain. Yeah. It it has a uh, good reviews on Amazon. When you said that earlier, Dave, I pulled it up and I think it's got four or five stars based on about I don't right. know, like eighty five, ninety reviews, so that's pretty good. Yeah, give it a whirl. It's totally worth it. I so. might just do that. <laughs> we'll have some uh printed material being covered uh, on this show soon as well, so stick around for that. Oh yeah. We're working on it. Yep. Okay. So here we're we're seeing like Newt and her brother and her parents are out and they actually find the ship from the original film, yeah. which in the documentary was hilarious when they went to basically get the model for the mm-hmm. ship from the original film. It was it's basically like just decomposed on a back lot somewhere oh, and they had to piece right? it together. Oh, that's terrible. And it's, 
It's it's a huge miniature too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like ten, twelve feet wide. Yeah, probably four or five yeah. feet tall. Well, and it's interesting here. Like I, when I was rewatching this, Joy was brave enough to watch some of it with me, and <laughs> and she was and she was like, oh, like she she noticed like oh you know this time they don't have to go in in the space suits anymore. Yeah, right. Um, Terraforming yeah. for decades. Very much, you know, callbacks here to uh, the original movie. Um, and this is one of the scenes that they kind of flesh out. They kind of flesh out this whole section in that audiobook I was talking about. Okay. So so it's kind of fun because it's kind of like a extra special edition of Aliens. So. Ooh. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because I mean, if they didn't put this scene back in, then... Uh... We wouldn't have seen any faces getting actually hugged, right? Because I think that's the only face yeah. that actually happens in this, is in the extended edition. That's that's true. All the other ones get uh, thwarted. So yeah. <laughs> so here's I just watched this scene because <laughs> I didn't have the special edition running. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but that's okay. We're caught up. It's all good. I don't know what what happened with my. Uh, my DVD player, but it's all right. The magic of uh, uh, Skype uh, chatting while we talk uh, got me caught up. So okay, all right. So uh, yeah. Dave, 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 you you get deducted five podcasting merits. Hey, what is, what's that get me? I'm at like negative forty now. <laughs> Twelve points to Gryffindor. <laughs> For bravery. Oh, man, Ripley, yeah. Ripley's basically living in, like, a prefab, like... Space studio mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah, it's terrible. And that was one of the things I thought was kind of neat, you know, this movie does not have a huge budget. It looks like a billion dollars, though. Right, and and that was one of the things I really loved, the fact that a lot of this stuff they were just getting from... It was basically leftover trash from... Yeah. A, from an extrusion, a plastic extrusion plant. So you're looking at bits and pieces of like televisions and VCRs and what have you that they just bought for cheap and painted and threw up and which is kind of amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, you I feel like this is kind of the last pre CGI amazing movie, you know? Well, so we just saw, we just saw uh, Atron or LV426, whatever it's called now. And that they all shot at a power plant, and they really just barely had to dress up, like, right. you know, barely had to dress the power plant to make it look as cool as it does. And then all the, a lot of the stuff was done with miniature, which, you know, I know George Lucas did a lot of miniature stuff with the prequels, and the Lord of the Rings did a lot of miniature stuff, but yeah, that's yeah. like a very cost-effective way to shoot all this amazing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, amazing stuff. Matte paintings and miniatures, man. Yeah, and, it, and it done right, and it looks amazing. So. Well, they did everything on this movie. You know, I mean, they, you know, rear projection, front projection, yeah. filming things in reverse, undercranking stuff, oh, undercranking yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they just every movie making trick in, the in camera, every in camera yeah. trick you could do. They're all in this movie <clears throat> in some yeah. form or fashion. You know, I mean, yeah. this this was Cameron like at the top of his game when it came to making 
things in camera. Yeah. Well, and it was hilarious. I mean, I just laughed over and over again watching that documentary. I hadn't seen it probably in 10 or 15 years. But yeah. the British, the British crew, oh, yeah. they filmed all this at Pinewood Studio, Pinewood Studios in, in the UK. The British crew, you know, all this time later talking about how Cameron basically broke them, you know, to make this movie. Right. Yeah. It was just, it cracked me up over and over again. Like, you know, <laughs> tea time and, uh, the breakfast card yeah. yeah. and, you know, everything else that was going on while he's trying to make this movie on a, tiny budget and make it like, you know, he has this vision. He had a vision for what this could be right. trying to execute that with these, you know, with these awesome craftsmen, but who also wanted second breakfast and tea time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, it was just as hilarious. Well, I mean, it's, it's because I, I kind of like, I watched that whole documentary and on the, on the Blu-ray, you can kind of watch it in the enhanced mode. So it's like the better part of three hours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and like the next night I couldn't sleep because it's, I have problems with insomnia. And so I ended up watching the making of the abyss just cause I knew that was another good one. <laughs> but there was a couple moments in there, especially on the abyss one where they kind of, you kind of got just little 10, 15 second snippets of Cameron at work, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of raw Cameron. And I was just like, man, he must have been so pissed at making this movie, you know, mm-hmm. at Pinewood with those British guys. Like he must have just been. You know, because when he was making The Abyss, he was in America with an American crew, and he was not very nice to them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least in parts that they showed. You know, I mean, he was oof. in a, in a much harder imagine. filming environment, too. Yeah, we're doing a lot of this underwater, so. Right, right. But, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the. I mean, they showed a few clips of him, and, like, he didn't, like, he wasn't, like, chewing them out or riding them hard. It just was, like... You know, he just had a very, very he oh, was you driven. Tell he, he was driven, yeah. you know. Well, and you could tell he was super frustrated. Yeah. You know? But I liked how the one the one person kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, the directors kind of naturally have an energy that keeps him going along past almost anybody else. Yeah, yeah, that was a good observation. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and that's what is a it, cool shit. And what does, does it look like? Gun. A giant, yeah, a giant gun. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about this movie too is you know the Sid Mead, um, you know the just and and uh, Cameron's you know their industrial design, and and this is I've noticed is you know I mean there's this is this continues in almost all of Cameron's movies yeah. you know there's this there's and even in Avatar I remember watching Avatar and just thinking there's so much aliens in here oh yeah oh, yeah sure um, but we just they just panned over that rack of M148. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, and the fact that those are real guns strapped together and made into a new thing is just beautiful. In the subtle foreshadowing already with the power loader. Yep, there it is. Oh Uh, yeah, the tech in this is beautiful. That is such a yeah. And and that's the thing too, like being a kid on that army base, you know, I'd seen real military vehicles and everything in this movie just looked real to me. Like I, I I came out of this movie believing that that dropship was real. Like it was basically just, you know. It looks like it could function. I mean, that's the big thing. Yeah. It, it, especially when you, in context of being a military machine designed, you know, in the 80s. It's very Vietnam era, 80s sure. era. Oh, yeah. So here, there was uh, here, because they didn't have enough money to make all of those. Yeah. 
uh, sleeping pods, they just put a mirror after the first, like, four or something like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they're doing in this movie, yep. too. Two mirrors to make it up. Two, yeah, to double it. That's right. To make it go on and on and on. Yeah. Right. What a what a great idea. It's so genius. This is... When I'm... When I'm really bored and I and I need to get myself amped up, I just fast forward right to the, the scene because, <laughs> I mean, you learn everything about these guys yep. right now. Yeah, a poem with the, the cigar right away and it's just oh, you're yeah. off to the races. I love it. Man. I love it. I love that he's a real military man. You know, it just comes, yeah. you know, it just it comes through. Another glorious day in the Corps. Oh, this movie for these guys, the, the they're eminently quotable. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, the Marines just oh, are awesome quote after awesome quote. Yeah, and I love that Michael Bean is in this movie. Can I just you know that man Michael just, Bean did not get the opportunities he deserved because he is gold no. in everything that he's in. This, The Abyss, Terminator. Uh, Tombstone. Yeah. Tombstone. Everything he's well, in, he's great. I, and I went and read, I was like, why wasn't he an Avatar? And basically, the only reason he wasn't as an Avatar was because Sigourney Weaver already was. Ah. And, and Cameron was worried that people would think too much about aliens. You know but what, though? But he could have played into... the bad guy in Avatar, and he would have been great. Well, here's the hope, and he can get into these sequels. Because... He, 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 I guess he's had some health problems, too. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but... Uh... You know he's doing better now, obviously, but he definitely should have gotten more um, more opportunities. I know he was on the TV show version of the Magnificent Seven that they did, which I think only lasted like a half a season or something. But yeah, man, the man is great. All right, so can I just say, as a kid, I didn't appreciate it, but wow, Vasquez. Um, yeah. Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? <laughs> I can't, geez, oh. it, 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 I can't believe he's dead, man. Like that, I know. That the late great, me. man. Because, again, he's oh. great in everything, too. Weird science, this. Well, it's funny because my wife, is, my wife she, was, she was like, man, you know, all I can see is um, his character, who I'm blanking on, from Weird Science. Chet. All I can see is Chet. And, but, you know, you come to find out, like, this is, like, he literally made that movie and then came and made this movie. Yeah. So... He pretty much is Chet in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that um, the guy who played Dexter's dad was gonna be uh, was gonna be uh, Hicks. Mm-hmm. Hicks, yeah, geez. Hudson's Bill, uh, Bill Paxton. Um, that's a that was a last minute change too. It was you know, hey uh, Mike, right. can you get on a plane and come take this role over. So wow, it would have been uh, would have been very different, I think. James Remar is a good actor, so. but I, I just I can't. After seeing Michael Bean in this, I just can't see anybody else. Well, because yeah, there's something about that the way he's able to connect with Sigourney Weaver in this movie, you know, kind of almost effortlessly, but he's but slowly. Yeah, it's it's very much what he did with Linda Hamilton in Terminator. Yeah, you know and it's I mean? not the same performance either. Cause, no, because no. Uh, Reese is is a little more. Is almost more military than than Hicks is. Hicks is such the antithesis of the rest of these guys, who are right. yeah. they're all trying to be alpha dogs, and he's the alpha dog by okay now guys stop, like that. What's up? How many times did you try that stupid knife trick? And mm. I will never try that knife trick because <laughs> I would have no fingers. 
Oh, no, I, that was definitely, and I had a lot of knives as a kid, and that was something that I definitely tried a few times. That was something that stuck with me from this movie for sure. Uh-huh. Lance Henriksen, listening to him talk about making this movie, that guy's a weirdo. Oh, Not that a lot yeah. of actors aren't weirdos, but man, he's a weirdo. Yeah, he right. was talking about how he basically, you know, bought a bunch of knives and practiced, you know, to oh, yeah. be able he's to do way that scene. That and so got funny. himself some weird, some weird uh, contact. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. weird. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, could you picture anybody else playing this role, though? I don't think so. No, and this, this is great with the, the great, you know, the uh, the secondary potential threat here. With, yes. Uh, with another uh, artificial. Well, that was one of the huge shock. I mean, that was as big a twist as anything uh, in the first film. Right. That Ash was a robot, you know, and, and not only in a robot that he was a gonna kill your robot. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Murder bot. So knowing that going in this film, you know, again, Cameron's like subverting, subverting your expectations by saying, "Well, no, this robot's here," and. He's definitely one of the heroes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he saves the day yeah. multiple times. Well, it's, a, it's yeah. a great way to cover for the fact that the other threat is the suit. Right, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's Paul Reiser. And right. Burke is just, it's, it's, yeah. You know, Burke is the, the real <clears throat> bad guy. Yeah, and there's definitely some Vietnam commentary here on the, you know, the clueless officer you know, leading, leading the grunts here basically to their doom. Yeah. What's the question? Right. And obviously, he just does not have their respect, or you know. I mean, it isn't makes sense. Very to, well. he's, he's too green to have these guys. These guys clearly evolved and yeah. working together. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's, I think there's, it's, it's even more so like a subtle um, comment on like, like the company. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're not taking this seriously. You know, they're not really. Or maybe perhaps it's Burke. We never really know. Like, you know, did Burke kind of make sure that this was, you know, the Z squad coming in here, you know, to so that, you know, perhaps he, he was hoping that they wouldn't do a very good job of wiping out the aliens, you know. Yeah. I mean, or actually, I don't think he would have cared. Cause, yeah, know, maybe he, not. I don't know. He was he. By the time we realize what he is, you, you know that he would do anything to uh, achieve his goals. Right. Well, maybe that was it. Maybe he was. You know, maybe you know we see Gorman with him. Yeah. Back at the station. So maybe you know he was hoping you know Gorman would be his lackey so he could do what he wanted. Yeah. You know, getting everybody home, or I should say, getting the aliens home. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because I think. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I, I think later when Ripley confronts him, I, th- I think even now that was his plan. Like you know, he was kind of hoping because he knows at this point he's the one that sent them out there to investigate the ship, so he knows that the aliens there. Yeah. So I wonder, like, if even at this point, like his plan was. Oh, of course, his same. plan was just to get the the creature back to to Earth to weaponize it. Yeah. It's so hard for me not to just do all the lines from this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I, it, I'm st- I'm stressing to like talk over it because I just want to quote it. Like <laughs> I know, but that doesn't make for great commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time? <laughs> oh man, it doesn't matter when it's Octarian, baby. 
<laughs> uh, I've watched this movie way too many times in the last 30 years. You know the drill. People, assholes, and elbows. Let's go. Yeah, I, I may quote uh, I may quote a poem to my kids way too much when yeah, I'm trying to get them to do stuff. The glorious day in the core. Every deal of bank. Every formation of parade. I've made that face to my I've made that face to my kids way too many times. Oh, yeah. Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, this, this is the, the getting ready to go scene here where it's just, oh, we got to so... show you how capable Ripley really is. You right. know? And it's just, it takes, what, two minutes to do? And yeah. that's what you call efficient storytelling. If there is well, a I think it's really good in, in Act One, it will be fired by the end of Act. Well, and notice they're 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 loading up all the bombs and stuff. You know, I think it's really interesting. You know, again, like Cameron being really tricky. You know, you assume you're going to see a different type of war movie. You know, that they're going to be launching those missiles and they're going to be using their tanks and they're going to really be kicking ass and taking names and they get sucker punched and it it changes the stakes instantly. You know. Yeah, it's not what they uh, they expected. Mm-mm. Well, and that's kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like that's I, I one of the things I really like about movies um, is when I can't predict exactly where the story is going. Right. You know, um, and I think you you probably know exactly the same feeling, Chris. Like because when you watch a lot of movies, yeah. And a lot of shows, you know, it it gets hard sometimes to not pre-write this, you know, to write the script <laughs> yourself as you're watching it. Yeah, so, right. it's, sometimes you know? it's really easy to figure out where the beats are going to be. Um, and, yeah. and again, if it's a good movie, you don't really care, but it, it is nice to be surprised from time to time. Well, well, I, and I think this movie is a testament to like the strength of the five-act movie versus a three-act movie. Yeah. Because this could have easily been just a typical three-act movie, and it probably would have been a lot, a lot more predictable and wouldn't have been quite as classic as this film turned out to be. Yeah, there's certainly a version of this you could do in 90 minutes without any of the uh, the subtext or the character development. Sure. Yeah. Now, I need to find out if anybody sells a shirt that says, Peace Through Superior Firepower. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a kick-ass shirt. Oh my gosh, those guns! Her arms that... or the one that's on the steady camera? <laughs> oh, pick one! Wow. Um, yeah, it's okay. My wife never listens to this commentary. It's fine. <laughs> she'll be a, she'll be a, she'll be as afraid of it as she is of the movie. So it's I all think, good. I think everybody knows by now. Vasquez is uh, John Connor's uh, foster mother in Terminator Two. D two, yeah, right. She's badass. Oh yeah. Yeah, I that pulse rifle was like the gun toy I wanted my entire the entire rest of my childhood and all the way up until now. Yeah. <laughs> like, every time I go to a con and I see a, a prop, I a, one of those I I am sorely tempted. You could make one. I know you could make one. I've seen the episode. Yeah, no, I you know I probably should because it's still one of my favorite movie props ever you know it's just it's a great design yes it is it was so funny uh, on that doc again the a lot of the actors not all of them but most of the marine actors you know trained together 
like a boot camp type setup before uh, you know filming began. And it's just so funny hearing these actors. You know, some of them I think love that kind of crap. You know. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I think, you know, just kind of roll their eyes. Like Michael Bean, he came in late into, into the production. Mm-hmm. Actually filmed, like, a couple weeks with another actor in his role. Um, yeah. And so he didn't participate in all that stuff, which he sounded like he was kind of glad he did not. But it was <laughs> some, just Some just guys funny. are method, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it helped them, like, build a sense of camaraderie. And I do think that, that translates. I, I do feel like there's yeah. a, a sense of you know, kind of a unit or that these people all know each other well, you know. Right. Well, that's an, it's an interesting thing because they, they kind of got into that more in filmmaking. That was one of the hallmarks of kind of the Jason Bourne era of action movies where, you know, they they would train actors to the point where they could competently hold a weapon and, and look like they knew how to use it as opposed to the 80s Arnold, you know, spray the AK from the hip nonsense. Right, right. Know? As much as I love that, I do like, too. don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you know, what's what's so you go watch topic? go watch what's Commando you... and say how in the world did Arnold hit anybody in this movie? He hit everybody. He hit everyone. That's the thing. Well, that was, was like that was the best he... part. Go to Tropic Thunder and watch Ben Stiller do it, and it's like, <laughs> yep, there it is, there it is. Mm. Oh, this dropship, yeah, yeah. So we're on Express Elevator to Hell, going down. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a great line. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, everything, everything Hudson says in this movie is gold. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah, he pretty much just speaks in one-liners the whole movie. Like he doesn't, which is awesome. Yeah. Oh. Switch to DCS. Yeah, this movie pretty much from like this moment on, it just does not let up. No, it really doesn't. It, it really just kind of. And it's funny because, like, when I think back on it, like, I, if, you know, I'm a Star Wars nerd and such, but I think this movie, because when I saw it and in the context of when I saw it, like, it kind of informed a lot of, like, what I, to this day, look for in movies, you know. I'm always looking for the movie that just sucks you in and and doesn't let go until the movie's over, you know, um, that just kind of you know, grabs your attention and has everything going for it. And this movie definitely has that. And I think it's been one of my, my personal movie measuring sticks. Um, you know, Carmen. These guys. Dix is sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody like that in every every troop. The, right. The jaded, uh, battle-hardened guy. Yeah, the, that, yeah. Well, and I love, like, that, that little subtle foreshadowing, you know. You see Hicks is sleeping, you know, he's, he's you know, these guys are all tougher than Gorman, you know. How many times have you done this? Uh, two. Right. <laughs> Including this one. It's like, 27, oh, simulated. <laughs> This is good stuff right here. This whole like system that Cameron was thinking of, of every guy having a camera on him and oh, yeah. biofeedback. So this is pretty damn prescient. Yeah. You know, well, and it, it works out great to, you know, it serves the film too because, you know, you see people, you know, dropping off later. You know, it, it's yeah. a cool way to kind of visualize what's happening. 
Yeah, found footage before found footage was a thing, really. Yeah. But this is better than found footage. <laughs> In my book. Yeah, I would rather watch this a million times than Blair Witch. <laughs> Although I like Blair Witch, but... Well, see, in this this great little cut bit here, you know, like here's here's Hudson talking about all this cool stuff they have, and basically they use none of it. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, his lines are seriously so good. <laughs> yeah, this thing. Uh, Obviously, this is a little set there in right now, but the APC, the armored personnel carrier or whatever, mm-hmm. it was basically a, a functional driving around the set um, tug, airline tug, airplane tug from, like, I don't know, local airport right. that they commissioned to use for this. And, like, it weighed, like, so much that it was, like, destroying the ground. It would roll over at the at the set. <laughs> <laughs> Needed to be reinforced because it weighed so much. Yeah, I love the design of that that thing. Oh, it's so cool. I guess yeah, so there's cool. a model kit of that somewhere because I I would like to build that. It's just so beefy looking. It looks so yeah. I love the wheels. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks like they go over anything. Yeah. I bet you. Um, look for Bandai models. Yeah, yeah. Japanese company. Oh, they they they've done a lot of sci-fi models. Their, their Star Wars models are, are great. Look I, amazing. Yeah, yes. I got, I got yes. my nephew the Darth Vader, um, the ten-inch one that you can um, build. Yeah, and, nice. And it's, it, I mean, it, they're they're absolutely gorgeous. Well, a friend of mine used to love to build physical models, and he built um, a lot of Bondi models. He built a lot of Star, a lot of Star Wars, and a lot of Star Trek. Models that were licensed through Bandai, and I bet if anybody has them, I bet Bandai's probably got some some aliens models. Um, and that would be a great one to build, especially if it had the the get you the dropship and get a get the uh, the APC to come out of it. That would be awesome. Oh my god! You know what else? Here's the thing: in a couple of years, if they don't make one, we just make our own with. 3D printing, so it's true. Yeah, you know, that's what's kind of cool is we're kind of getting like, and that's my brother just got a really good 3D printer, and I was just we were talking about making one of those guns. I was just sitting here thinking about how some of the trickier bits I could just have them print up for me, and right. yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, no, it's so oh, yeah. hard. It, it, it's such a good, it, it is such a good movie. Like, it just, there's no boring parts in this movie. That's the thing. I, like, yeah, I would agree. Whenever, whenever I come across it back in the days when I used to have cable, I mean, it didn't matter what point the movie was in. Yeah. If it was on, I'd just toss the remote and sit down. Yeah, you know? that's, that's one of those. This is one of those for me as well. So, do y'all want to maybe talk a little bit about why this is a good choice, you know, in relation to Stranger Things Season 2? Absolutely. Mm. The the infestation, man, it's it's something otherworldly that has crept into the world of of man and uh, is trying to take over, which this certainly is. I mean, it's not exactly subterranean, 
you know that right. they're in, but it's uh, the, the premise it's down on is, sub level three. <laughs> oh, that, that is true. Um, yeah, and it, it something that we just can't comprehend that, that it's it might look humanoid, but it is in no way, shape, or form human. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think the obvious is that you know, you go from one Demogorgon in season one to a whole host of them in season two, basically. Yeah, right. With with, uh, with an overlord type, you know, leader um, between the queen and the and the mind flyer. Well, what's interesting too is, and, and and it's it's also the same thing where like there's no there's no human agenda. There's no. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's it. It's literally just, there's no reasoning with it or arguing mm-hmm. with it. Like they mm-hmm. just they just want to they just want to kill you. That's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. much it. Like there's no other. They have no other. Yeah, it's a, a creature purpose. with a singular yeah. tract. Right. Yeah. All this right here. Um, they did a gr- they did a really good job in the audiobook that ties into this about kind of telling the story of all that they're looking at right here. Okay. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. I, um, they, you know, they, they kind of tell the story of, you know, how the, you know, they came across the aliens and things started going slowly south for them. And there's all the little stories of, you know, we're seeing the remnants here in the movie and, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. So. Oh man, that that the the motion tracker sound effect mm-hmm. is like just burned mm-hmm. into my brain. Yep. Fantastic sound design. Yes. And a great James Horner score, like we mentioned already. Yeah. I love the way this movie's like lit. You know. Yeah, it's um, you can see everything that's going on, but it's not. It doesn't look staged you know no and it's got that perfect amount of shadow where your mind makes up more detail than it's actually there yeah. which i think is great you know um, especially when we start getting into where we we have encounters with the creatures you know camera does a great job of letting you see just enough to let your mind run wild but yeah you know, I, I think he only had what linger. six full suits for this some small small number he makes it look well like yeah well, yeah, he had six, I think, for for like that they had to keep, you know, and then they had more that they blew up with all the like gun work. But you know, once they would shoot it up, it was done. You know, yeah, they had to be very budget conscious about you know making the suits last and what they could and couldn't do with them. Yeah, Dave, did you ever finish the um, the Alien Isolation video game? I did. Okay, because I never quite it's, got through it. It's great. I really uh, like it too. I, I I was loving it. It's just I just ran out of time. I just like there's no way I'm gonna be able to finish this, and I started to get frustrated with it. I'm not great at the survival genre. Oh, you know, it wasn't a very long game, but it definitely is the kind that you know it was trying to ratchet up the tension really slow, a lot like the first movie. And so it was pretty. Yeah, it was definitely the kind of game where you really had to. It's one of the last ones I played when I had more time to play video games, and I would okay. play it late at night while Joy was working, so I could kind of sit for two or three hours at a time and and scare the crap out of myself. All right, all right. Uh, I remember the disaster that was that Colonial Marines game, which was mm, finished. Yes. 
and, and yeah. just bombed tremendously, which is what, what a shame because it's, right. you know, there's definitely a game that you could make a running. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it speaks to how awesome this movie is, um, for lack of a better adjective, but, um, you know, how much has come from it, how often they come oh, back yeah. to it in, in alien video games and alien books. Alien vs. Um, Predator was, you know, that was a comic right. book before it was anything else. Yeah, but you know this 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 installment in the Aliens franchise, I think just, I mean, look at like when there was rumors that Neil Blomkoff was still gonna, still might happen, right? You know, people are just desperate for it. They want to follow up to this movie, you know. And I think it's because you know Cameron just he's just one of the best working, you know, everything from sound design and prop design and scripting and you know. And the music, the score, oh my gosh. Yeah, that armor personnel carrier is a pretty sweet machine. It's so awesome. I just I love the look of it. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of um, Robocop. Yeah, it's it's definitely you know, that. Hard angles yeah. and very brutalist type uh, architecture, for lack of a you know, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a mean looking machine. Yeah. It's too bad we never got to see any of those guns on it fire. <laughs> hey, you know, we get to see some, some Xenomorphs crush those, so I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was a, I'm sure that was a budgetary thing. I'm sure it was purely, you know. Yeah, I mean, every, every penny of this is on the screen. It doesn't feel like a cheap movie. It doesn't look like no. a B-grade sci-fi movie, which, I mean, in some respects it is because of the budget, but right when you have a script and good acting, you can make up. And then again, they're using what well, they have to its fullest effect, you know? Yeah. I always, you know, point out to, to people, like, you know, like when you, well, some of these 80s movies that I consider to be classics, you know, other people do too, but... As I said, you know, you got to compare it to some of the stuff that came out at the same time. You know, you go back and pick two or three other random sci-fi action movies from, you know, eighty-five, eighty-six, eighty-seven. You know, and they, they're just there's just miles of difference. You know, yeah. You think you think about something like uh, remember that Tom Selleck movie with the spiders? Uh, Runaway. Uh, Runaway. You know I what love, I mean? I love that movie. <laughs> I do too. I do too. But it's so cheese. You know what I mean? Like you know, or or. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, kind of like trying to compare like Crawl, like I mentioned earlier, to like Star Wars. Crawl, you know, Crawl does not hold up well. Right. This movie, you know, when I watched it the other night, especially because I was watching it on my big screen TV and it was getting upscaled by my 4K player, and I was like, this movie holds up so well yeah. for being a mid 80s action flick. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it looks so good. Yeah, I mean, most of the. The sci-fi and fantasy stuff that came out between like '78 and and '90s just it's fodder for mystery science theater because it is so bad. Absolutely. Well, and, and I'm a, a huge Cameron fan, and like The Abyss isn't one of my other favorites, oh, yeah, but me I think too. but I think this one even holds up better than The Abyss. It, it does. It's less. I mean, The Abyss. If you watch the extended version, which I I do prefer, but at the end of the day, right. it's super preachy and it is just the day the earth stood still all over again. But um, right. I still love it because of the, the performances and the tech and the, the intensity right. of it. But Aliens is... And, and I enjoyed Avatar. I really did. I it, It's not yeah. it, it's not original in any way, shape, or form. 
Mm-mm. but I was thoroughly entertained by it, and sometimes that's all you need. I, you know, it's a big jungle adventure sci-fi movie about going native, which was fine with me. <laughs> Just watched that uh, the extended edition for that uh, last week. Rewatched it because of the having the new TV, and oh my god, it's like you're on Pandora. Wow. I have not seen. Oh yeah, that 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 was yeah definitely. I've not seen Avatar since the theater, and I remember like, in fact, my brother-in-law still gives me grief because I went with him and my brother to see it, and I think I must have left the theater just like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing, that was so amazing, and I don't think it's bad. Like you said, I don't feel like it's very original compared to some of his other stuff, but um, I don't think I've seen it since I saw it that day in the movie theater. It, yeah. You know what? Track track down. You could probably get the Blu-ray of the the extra log version for for a song now. And it's and again, it's like one of all of his other extended editions. They're they're worth watching. There's more meat on the bone there. And uh, yeah, there take, is. Take that trip back to Pandora, man. It's it's entertaining mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah, I think Cameron's still he still got it. You know what I mean? It's just it's that you know. Avatar is kind of like the PG thirteen version of this, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, it's it's, it's like, trying to tell a different story. It's very much a, right, you know, a, right. A, uh, environment environment conscious uh, cautionary right. tale. You know, it's the Lorax. They show the I mean, they show the book in the movie. <laughs> it is the Lorax right. and Rain and right. Fern Gully and aliens all mashed together. Yep, yep. Well, that's the Mohicans. I, probably more appropriate that's what i've kind of likened it to in my brain but that's what happens when you watch a cameron movie you start talking about his entire cv so yeah no doubt no doubt yeah for sure is uh the abyss out on blu-ray i don't know no. um because no, i know it doesn't seem like it is it seems like everything i've googled here says it's he's working on it that's one of the frustrations if you're a James Cameron fan. There's some of his movies that you're still waiting for Blu-ray, and we're already onto the era of, of 4K. So, well, at this point, I just I want the extended version of of the Abyss in Blu-ray because I have the non-anamorphic 20th Century same. Fox that came. Out I have the same time. one. Yeah, and it's just I, I that one yeah. needs a proper treatment. Listen to this quote from him, and this is, I think, just indicative of his attitude about stuff. This is a quote from an M, uh, an interview on Empire Magazine. Uh, James Cameron, a quote from James Cameron, hinting true lies and the abyss may finally come to Blu-ray in 2019. This is a quote. Man, it's on my to-do list. It's a question of time management. True lies and the abyss, abyss both have Blu-ray transfers that are complete from my review. The problem is the next 14 hours after that, when I have to go back and trim the color and get each one just perfect, that's 28 hours, and I don't have 28 hours. I put it on yeah. my list to try and get it done before the end of the year. It's because the guy's a nutty perfectionist. Yeah, no doubt. Make, he can't even no make doubt. time to like put his things on disc. And, make, cause, and that's the problem, too, is he, he does, between Titanic and Avatar, he doesn't need the money anymore. <laughs> so it's like trying to get him to stop to like fix these movies for blu-ray is probably a nightmare he needs to just let somebody else do it and yeah call but it he day. won't i know you know and he's know. still young enough there's, there's probably enough time it, well, he says here he's gonna i mean this quote at least makes it sound like he intends to do it it's just 
It's just down well, on the, his list. The problem, so the problem is he's procrastinated the Blu-ray so long, and it's like, who wants the Blu-ray? Give me the 4K now. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. You know, but hopefully he will. Hopefully he'll start to do some more catalog. I think after these Avatar movies, he can hopefully come back to some of these catalog titles. Because I know, like, this year we're going to get Aliens in 4K, or Alien. Yeah, 40th anniversary. And, I, yeah. and then, you know, and how long will we have to wait till we get Aliens in 4K? Uh, you know? just, just do them together, Jim. Come on. Get her down. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty good with my Blu-rays for this for now, so I'm fine. Well, yeah, I'm fine with mine. I just I, I just know it'll just look that much better, you know, because it, it, it's the kind of thing like it's almost like film preservation, you know. This movie I want it to always be available in the best format possible because right. it holds up. It's you know it's again like I was saying earlier, like this is the movie I'm always I I'm subconsciously looking for every time I see a sci-fi action movie. I'm always hoping for aliens, you know, and hoping. Yep. Usually I'm getting, like, Ghosts of Mars, but that's okay, too. I, and I like Ghosts of Mars as well. But. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, in this day and age where it's like you have to either love it or hate it, you know, there's a lot of movies I saw in the wake of, like, this movie, you know, just hoping for another one. And, and I was okay with it, you know, because you know, you're only going to get – a few aliens and the rest are going to have to just kind of pale in comparison. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, we've totally talked over, uh, good old Newt. Good old Newt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, some people do not like her performance in this movie. Um, uh, I am not one of those people. I, I always thought she did a good job. I do too. I, it, it that looks like a haunted eight year old girl to me you know well and i like that she never does anything kiddish no, you know doesn't. what i mean there's no kid actor stuff in her performance at all well, that's because she was not an actor i mean she was a total right. person off the street i mean but i mean like just even like written you know what i mean yeah like almost well, any other. i feel yeah sorry well, Dave. I mean, well no i was just gonna say like 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 i could see another director or another movie like you know she'd get a catchphrase or something and sure she, you know, she'd have like a dog or something, you know. No, just... she's just got a decapitated doll head. <laughs> right, right. So sorry, what you were gonna say, JC? Uh, gonna... Well, I the only thing I I think she does a good job as well. I think in those moments where she is just acting like a scared little girl, she's really good, or like this, where she's almost mm. like catatonic. Yeah. But there's a few of her lines that are a little cheesy, but yeah, not cheesy. I don't even know if that's right, but just. Ah, we'll come up with one. I can't remember exactly how she phrases it, but they're like, well, she's like, they're dead, okay? They're all dead, okay? Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what you want to talk about? Yeah. I do know what you want to talk about, yeah. They're yeah. dead, yeah. all right? Can I go now? Yeah, yeah that's little, it. That's it. It's a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it, she's not bad. I don't, it, no. there's a difference between saying, you know, she's amazing and saying she's terrible. I mean, right. she, she, she's, I think she's pretty good. And uh, her interview parts of that documentary are really good, too. I mean, she yeah. basically just was a kid that got picked out of, like, thousands to be this little girl and gets to be on the set with Sigourney Weaver and all these Marines and everything. And what a fun, 
What a fun. Well, uh, and I didn't realize until even like the last time I watched the documentary, like a few days ago, how much I'd kind of forgotten that her and Sigourney did a lot of their work together after everybody else was gone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So her and Sigourney essentially like did the most acting. Oh yeah. Look at that practical effect, effect there. Too. Yeah. Dissect that face hugger. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Henriksen was all into it he's like, Oh yeah, cool. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here, 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 I think it's the one moment where you can kind of see where, you know, Cameron wanted him to play the Terminator, you know, slightly off kilter, just kind of not just, on a different plane, you yeah, know, just, just five degrees off of a regular guy. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, okay. like, that's a great idea. And if I was reading it on the page, it would be great, but I, I want Arnold as the Terminator. Yeah. It's hard to. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no I, I agree. I agree. He's just big and scary and stuff. Yeah. And again, though, you know, he's trying to keep you on edge with with the android character because that that scene right there, it's like, oh man, this is this kind of reminds me of what Ash was doing, you know? Like he's he's keeping that in the back of your mind. Yeah, and it, it, it's play, it's played so well. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I haven't seen this movie in a while, I forget that they don't all get, you know, the Marines don't get decimated initially. You know, no, they do this no, whole no. Right. this whole part. Right. You know, they're there for a while all together before before yeah. the scenes we're getting to now where they, well, they have found the colonists all hit. Yeah, yeah, the hive, basically, yeah. I, and I have to say, like, I think one of my only kind of, it's not a nitpick or anything like that, but I, there's part of me that kind of wishes maybe one or two Marines, like, made it out of here. Like one or two more, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of wish I'm like. I, there's part of me that's kind of like, I get that we offed all the no names because there's some no names in the Marines here. I probably you know, gave them all if you gave me. Right. Time. Yeah. You know, where's Bowski and like you know, and a couple of the other ones. You know, like you, you know, if you didn't have Pharaoh. Right. If you didn't Frost. have their names on the screen, you know. But like, I kind of wish like maybe the sergeant made it out of this scene, and or or maybe Drake. Just you know, not much longer. You know, but. But it is kind of interesting, like rewatching this, and I realize, like you know, you have this huge action sequence, and then there's a pretty good kind of, kind of intermittent or intermission, mm-hmm. you know, where yes. they're all kind of yeah. hanging out. And so, I get it, but I just, I just, these guys were so good, especially like, yeah, I just wish one or two more maybe could have been around a little longer. That's all. Yeah, I mean, so, we're still left with yeah. with quite a few of them after this, though. I mean, it's, right, right. No, I, it's good. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's just one of those things, like, you know, because I've watched the movie a million times, you know, I kind of daydream about a, a, a another special edition that doesn't exist where <laughs> <laughs> a couple more make it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just me. Yeah, you get up the stakes, you know, because we're, yeah. we're, we're almost halfway through the movie and, you know, you're going to start thinning the herd here. Well, and it's great because if you think about it, too, like in context, you know, in the 80s action movie, you know, most 80s action movies, there was a lot of just kicking ass and taking names. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there would have been way way more firefights and they would have been a lot more indestructible. Oh, for you know? sure. But it's, and it's, in this, you know, yeah. It's the Predator principle, though. It's the same thing that yes. Montana did with Predator where it's I'm going to show you right. all these hard ass alphas and they're useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and I love like it's a better situation 
rather than for these guys to be, you know, running around the APC blowing shit up, you know, like to get to get them where they're going to be after this sequence, you know, hold up essentially just like the colonists were, you know, only marginally better off, you know, on the defensive for the rest of the movie, really. Right. Which is great because it just builds the tension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're in dire straits. I mean, they're out of ammo, decimated, no way to get out. I mean, they yeah, they really lost get, almost all their weapons. Like, yeah, 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 they're in a bad spot after this whole sequence. I think Dave, you were about to say it a second ago, but uh, mm-hmm. um, a scene a little bit ago was just an example of like movie making magic. The Marines are going down this big hallway. They're at the mouth of a large hallway that's all like mm-hmm. crusted over with alien hive goo. And that's a miniature that they basically yeah. film yeah, the actors in front in front of. And I mean, instead of building a forty foot tall set, you know, they do it in miniature, and you could not tell from the shot, and it just mm-hmm. looked so good. But that's how they made this movie work the way they did. You know, yeah. just another example of it. Sometimes the so old the, tricks are the best. The, this is the part I was joking with you the night with Joy. I was like, here's the point where Ripley kills everybody. Or <laughs> 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 actually, I made the joke. I was like, Sig- Sigourney didn't like their guns, so she took them away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was in the documentary, too, where she's like, I read the script, but I didn't read the stage direction. So... Until I got here, I didn't realize that everyone had, like, machine guns, and they handed me one, too. Oh, I'm like, oh, brother. I know. Well, it was, it's interesting when you watch all those making-ofs on the Alien Quadrilogy to kind of see, like, vintage Rip, vintage Sigourney and kind of, like, mm-hmm. how she was really bothered. And, like, modern-day Sigourney, like, more current Sigourney. Yeah. I think I think she, her attitude is, is must have shifted at some point, you know. Because she still works with James Cameron. She's still, you know. Well, she did say that once she started shooting the guns, she realized it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so she did say that. She admitted it. I mean, she, she well, was a good sport. It's kind of interesting because it, it, it's kind of like she kind of, there's a little bit of that in her character in, in Avatar, you know. Yeah. She kind mm. of has that whole, like, making fun of the Marines and stuff. Well, she's playing uh, a teacher. Know. I mean, it, that makes sense right. for her character. But, I, I mean... The Ripley character, I don't think, would have any compunction about. Well, I mean, she doesn't. No. She blows it out of the goddamn airlock. Uh, <laughs> <you know. clears throat> oh, that shotgun! You gotta love it. It's it, I, just well, the fact that it's a Steadicam rig <laughs> that they're putting those mm-hmm. things on is ridiculous to me. So cool! What a cool idea! Yeah, I know, and it's funny because like nobody, like you'd think somebody would have ripped it off by now. Uh, yeah, surprised that this this whole scene right here the first time I watched it scared the oh, ever man. loving crap out of me. It's freaky. Well, and here's our strongest kind of since the opening sequences. Like here's our real pull back into the first movie. Yeah, you know, no. and yeah. the horror of the chest bursting and and the way these things reproduce. It's well, the just... cocooning too, because that's that was deleted from the original cut. Of it the, was of the first one. Yeah. Was, was Dallas and uh, I can't remember who else is up there with them, but all all cocooned up in the um, the ductwork of the ship, and it's just, isn't 
Is it Dallas and the short-haired woman? I forget her name. Is it yeah. is she in there too, or is it just I Dallas? Think so yeah, there's one I or two, it's... and then Dallas is still barely hanging on. Yeah, man, it's been a long time since because I definitely like the theatrical version. I think of For Alien, Alien yeah, better. Me too. And so it's been a very long time. Did since they I've put seen that scene back cut. in in the directors? Is that what they added in? The, yeah, well, yeah, that's one of them at least. Yeah, yeah, if you have the quadrilogy or the current um, Blu-ray set, you can do the branching version with the extra couple of, of scenes for Alien. Um, oh. Yeah, but I guess that I mean that's a big thing um, with a lot of people that like these movies. The, the you know they think that Cameron kind of changed the morphology of the of the xenomorphs to to fit his story. Um, mm-hmm. I am not a, a xenobotanist, so a xenobiologist, so I, I couldn't tell you. I, yeah. They're aliens. That's all I need yeah. to know. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and I think well, it's interesting that, like, Ridley kind of played with it, too. You know, kind of his movies that eventually came would kind of reinforce the idea that there's not really hard and fast rules with this. It's all kind of genetic mutation weirdness, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. It's brutal. Sorry, JC, you were going to say something. I didn't know. Oh, just that, I mean, the much maligned Alien 3, I know, I know. The much maligned Alien 3, uh, I always I thought it was a smart idea to say that it's like whatever they've in, ingested themselves into or impregnated, yeah. that's what yeah. they take the characteristics of. And I did like that aspect of it a lot, so. you know. Well, it makes sense, you know, it kind of makes sense and helps you with your variety. The reality was that you know, they went for a more animalistic-looking alien warrior in these film, in this film at least, mm-hmm. just because they were worried. I mean, about breaking the way the design looked before with the head shell and everything else. That with the right. way they're filming this movie, being a more action-based movie, that it these are my favorite. Not work I out. I love these versions of the alien oh, yeah. warriors. Me like too. they just they look tough. Yeah. You know, they look scary. They look fast. They just. I've always liked this version. Yeah, I mean... Well, and, well, this whole part where they just unwind from the walls is so cool. Oh, yeah. It, it, they're hidden so well with the In plain part. sight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it, it definitely this movie, I think, it makes a case for, like, kind of the less is more thing, you know? Like, just put them back in the smoke. Let them, let them wriggle in the dark. Let them, you know... Oh, yeah. This, I you know. this. This is... The stuff of nightmares, and I absolutely. Love oh yeah, it. well yeah, literally right behind her, this Geiger walls just come into life, yeah. you know, like just. Yeah. What was the name of that guy that just a frost? That was frost that just got yeah. burnt off the. He just got toasted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah. Dietrich just got snaked. I'm a big fan of this entire franchise. I, I have problems with with all of the films after this one to, to a certain degree. Right. Um, sure. But it, it, it is one of my favorite universes to revisit. Um, yeah. I really enjoy Alien 3. Um, I like Alien 3. I, I Alien 3 is such a brutal, dark... Oh, yeah. Nihilistic. Nihilistic to the full. Mm. And yeah. it, it works for me. It's not the best by any stretch of the imagination, but... Yeah, it really does hit me on a, on a real visceral level, and and I know that there are people that are still angry about it. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're gonna go with the contention that the aliens, I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, if if you're gonna go with the the contention that 
of the premise that the alien story is the story of Ripley, it makes sense to absolutely knock her back down to the worst possible point that she right. could be at. Right. Um, so I never really had a... I think I might have had a problem with it when I first saw it when I was 13 or 14, but, you know, it, it still worked for me. Because it is just. So I remember being shocked brutal. by it. I remember liking the movie, um, and I still kind of like the movie. But I just retconned in my own head that it's it's Ripley's hypersleep dream <laughs> That's... after this movie. Okay, and then she hasn't woken up yet. You know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, the <laughs> Dark okay Horse the Dark Horse comics did did go off the premise originally that that uh, Newt and, and uh, Hicks live, um, which then yeah. when. Alien 3 came out, they had to retcon all that, and they reprinted all of those issues with two totally different characters uh, yes. subbed in. So, um, yeah. I, mean, I have the original versions where there's still Hicks and Newt, so. Yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're a fan of this of this universe, definitely track down the, the comics, because there's, there's good and bad, obviously, in all of them. Um, but there's, they're definitely entertaining. I mean, it, mm-hmm. like I said, the Alien vs. Predator whole thing kind of you know, it's teased in Predator 2, but then they actually did it in comic book form and then video game form. Uh, those right. movies, on the other hand, are such a wasted opportunity. Uh, those are probably yeah. the only two of the Alien and Predator franchise that I don't really enjoy. It is so yeah. I've seen them both once, and I've never rewatched them. One yeah. time, I... They're not yeah. worth watching. They're not worth watching. Uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, because yeah. I mean everything that, and I haven't seen the new Predator yet, but Predator One, Predator Two, uh, and Predators, I love Predators. I mean that's like yes, Predators is, is drastically underrated. Uh, that's a great sci-fi action movie using yeah. that those characters. Oh yeah, uh, and I, and I like I like the the stuff that that Ridley Scott's done with the Alien franchise. Since he came back yeah. to it, it's not really aliens. Same. It's, no, it's its own no. thing, but it's certainly it's interesting. I don't dislike it. I right. really, really did enjoy Prometheus and, uh, and Covenant. You know? Yeah. So did I. I. I think that's the thing. Like, I think this movie. I just wish. I just really hope that you know now that Cameron, now that Ridley, it seems like he's kind of out of it again, and Cameron seems to be moving back into it again. I'm hoping that, you know, he'll do what he did with Battle Angel Alita and get some other filmmaker to kind of yeah, continue I mean, on I this storyline. So. I think Bloom, Bloom Camp's idea is, it, hopefully it comes to pass in some form or fashion. Yeah. Even if they just do, like, a comic book adaptation of whatever script they were working on. Um, you know, get, yeah. get these guys while they still have it in them and, and do one more and really follow up on the... The idea that that Ripley finally gets back to Earth, you know, right? Or make it a show or something, you know. Do some. There's a lot of avenues they have now, yeah, you know. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be in the theater anymore, you know. Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, we're talking over it, but I mean, there's not because there's not much to say other than like this is awesome. Like it's just <laughs> that scene is so good. They used it in the Call of Duty oh. Modern Warfare where the guy pulls out a shotgun. I keep this for close encounters. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's. Mm. But the, I mean, this is this is it. This is them back on their heels, and it, 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 I love the fact that it doesn't take Ripley any time to just be like, all right, these guys are mm-hmm. idiots. I gotta do what needs to be done yeah. here. Yeah. Or Gorman is an idiot. Die. Yeah. 
Hmm. Oh man, Gorman. <laughs> yeah, he comes around. He does. He does. Yes. Well, he's the, he's you know he's just green. You know, he's yeah. literally like he's just you know. Ah, oh, I just. Oh, I love the yeah. sound of yep. that hand whipping around. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> I love it though. This, this is just oh, stop. So I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. Well, the mute and the music. Oh my gosh! Like Horner score. Yeah. Um, really makes this movie. You know. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's there's a lot of Star Trek two in it. I think. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's, for it sure. Great score. Yeah. Well, he does a good thing. Like you know. Um, Jerry Goldsmith did the same thing in the first movie where, you know, the score kind of switches genres almost, you know, it kind of goes like, you know, it's very orchestral and very like atmospheric and kind of moody. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's action movie, you know, and then, you know, then it immediately switches back and, and, and it works. The juxtaposition works, you know, and, and both movies have that. And that's why I think both alien and aliens are two of my favorite scores because they're just um and in alien i mean yeah. goldsmith is smart enough to know like the last like 20 minutes of that there really isn't anything other than sound effects. oh yeah. yeah you know yeah and it's just it's just the the, the detonation timer counting down and grunts steam. and groans and steam and it's, alarms yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and this one does the same thing, you know. Like the, it does. You know, it, it'll, it'll, score will go way down, disappear, and then roar back in when it needs to be there. And, yeah, and like, look at the little attention to detail. Like their armor is still smoking from the mm-hmm. the asses. So oh. cool. <laughs> Can't imagine the smell in there. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I just appreciate movies where, you know, you go back in time and everybody's smoking. Like, don't oh, yeah. ever do it. It's an awful thing to do. But I, I'll, I'm not going to lie. Smoking looks cool. All right? <laughs> don't ever do it, but it does look cool. Kind of like the cool, cool crime of robbery. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, come on. What, what's the best part of, of, of both Escape movies? It's when, when Snake finally yeah. gets a cigarette. Come on. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh... Too funny. Burke. You know, and it's so funny because, like, when he came into Stranger Things, you know. You're bringing the baggage with you. Right. You know, because, I mean, I never watched Mad About You. I mean, it was just not my wheelhouse. You didn't miss much. Yeah. They were just not in my wheelhouse, you know. And so, like, he was just Burke to me. And so when he came in, you know, and kind of played the anti-Burke in Stranger Things, it was just genius, I thought. Yeah, it's a it's a great performance, and I I like him as a dramatic actor more than a, a comedic actor. Yeah, either. I really think he. Yeah. Everything that I see him in, where he's playing a serious role, I think he does a fantastic job, and he's not comedic in this at all. And this was the first no. thing I ever saw him in, so this has totally clouded my perception of him. Yeah. He's just a grunt. <laughs> nope, the sight for more of it, baby. It's the only way to be sure. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, great line. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're looking for the, the, the dumbed-down version of this, you watch Starship Troopers, which, granted, has plenty to say mm. in it. And, I, and right. I love the movie. It is not the book by any stretch of the imagination. No, um, no. I might, I might like it more than the book. Um, but oh, I do. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. This is. There's two ways you can do a bug hunt movie. One of them is this, <laughs> and one of them is Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, Starship Troopers is like you know the version of this you make when you're just I don't know high or Paul, something. When you're Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, when you're Paul Verhoeven. Right. Yeah, pretty much. And the guys that wrote Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the. Yeah. Crazy. And again, that's a movie I like. Don't don't get me wrong. Oh, I, I like do too. One. I absolutely love it. It's ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Oh, and now we're about to go. And from it's got bad to worse. Gina Meyer. Yes, bad to worse. God, look at that. Those, those practical effects, man. Guys in suits mm -hmm. and puppets are so Oh, yeah. They're great. Ooh. All that blood. Dan Ripley's the first one to figure out. You know, they all kind of realize it's about the same time, but oh, she's just a step ahead of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, how they how they put that all together too is really cool. Yeah, a lot of projection I think going on in that, but it's well model work. I mean, how they like put the crash together. I thought was kind of cool is they did that same effect in a solo. I guess when they did all the they they shot they did the same thing with the the Starfield effects when they were inside the Falcon. Okay. They actually did like a. Yeah, they did a huge screen around it so that when you were looking out the window, you really saw the stars and going to hyperspace and yeah. and you know, I think it's better for the actors to see. Something, oh yeah, it definitely you know? helps. And if you're on the fence about seeing Solo, see Solo. Oh man, yeah, Please. Solo's good. Solo is really entertaining for a movie that we really didn't need. <laughs> I've watched it like four times already. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. It's it's really good. See, there's one I'm sure we'll never get a theatrical sequel, but I'm really hoping that they'll do some limited series, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it really doesn't need a sequel. And granted, if it had performed better, then you absolutely could tell another story with, with Han, right. Chewie, and Lando, for sure. But it's, I mean, I... I That's I, what I'd like. I think it would be just fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, just go back and do something, you know, um... Yeah, I mean they could have they could have pulled from some of the old EU stuff like you know like a Crimson Jack story or something they could have easily done and it and it would have been fun, but uh, everything I need to know about Han I got out of Star Wars you know right. it, was, it was all right. good but it, the movie really was fun I had a really good time right. every time I've watched right. it. Well, that's the thing like it's just you know it's just something good you know I want to have a good time you know and when I see my movies and I think that's. That's what I'm always looking for, you know. Yeah. Uh, My biggest movie sin is don't be boring. As long as you're not boring, I'll watch your movie. You know. Right. <laughs> right here, the robot sentries. Yeah. I still remember the first time I saw this, like on uh, tape at my friend's house, and I was just like, oh, "What is oh, that?" 
I, I yeah. remember when they this was on pay-per-view. That's the first time I saw the extended version. Mm. It was like 13 bucks or something, and I'm like, Mom, 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 Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I remember buying this on Fox had like a widescreen yep. uh, VHS tape yeah, collection. The big, you remember? The big, the big, thick clamshell cases. Yes, that's the how gold, I got the Abyss black extended ones. Ver- yep. Yeah. Oh, Independence yeah. Day, the Abyss, and, and this I had in those big... Big clamshells, yeah. Well, my, my, I remember the first time I watched it, The Abyss, I remember, and I had this one too. I watched them on Laserdisc. Wow. My, uh, when I graduated, it was like 94, and my boss had a Laserdisc player. And there was a huge, um, Laserdisc rental place over by where I live now. And so I used to go over there and rent every weekend, rent two or three movies and watch it. You know, because my parents ended up getting a laser display or two, and so there was this kind of golden period from about '94 to '97-ish, '98 before that store went away. Yeah. Well, it went away quite a ways later. It kind of it went through the DVD years, but I remember running a lot of laser discs because they were one of the few places you could get like this extended edition or the extended edition of the Abyss, which was on like five laser discs, by the way. Like it was. It's a real watching experience. Oh, I know. I have the THX certified laser discs of the original Star Wars trilogy behind me on the mm-hmm. on the bookshelf. Don't own a laser disc player, but for a long time <laughs> we thought that was the only digital copy of Star Wars right. we were ever going to get right. in its original form. So I was like, I need to buy these just yep. in case. Look at this. Look at this table right here. They're using like there's another kind of prescient future tech idea. Yeah. You Giant, giant microfiche. Yeah. <laughs> We're still waiting to get... I think Microsoft's still working on it, like a big tabletop computer display, touch display that you can... Yeah, the Surface? I think the, the Surface yeah. is out. I don't know. I, I really haven't looked into it. I'm sure it's awesome. but uh, We wanted one so bad for our work with designing homes and stuff, but... I won't bother getting anything like that price. until we get to the, the Tony Stark table where you know everything pops mm-hmm. up in a hologram and i can yeah. rotate it 360 degrees and oh yeah all that that'll be a wonderful day at my work for that oh for you absolutely yeah, these, these blueprints they look at are just like so incomprehensible oh, I know. oh yeah so much as a person as a person that draws blueprints i'm just like that's just gibberish like that, <laughs> that whole thing is just that's okay that's okay look at these laptops look at these friggin laptops it's military tech it has to be beefy it's got to hold up to, to bumps and rattles and everything man ruggedized like or what do they call it when they make them like like proof i can't remember these are cool though they look good oh yeah, yeah. i this is i mean did we really need this scene you know no but the fact that it's just all right we're just gonna well, go down some alien shortly what i like about it is it is it gives you a little taste of you know they're not completely helpless they still have a little bit of their superior firepower yeah. yeah and it also shows the primal intelligence of the of the aliens as well because mm-hmm. they do at a certain point they realize oh we're not going to be able to go through this way we got to back off here ripley this is my Casio calculator watch. It's a symbol, symbol of my love for you. you I don't can, think it's a, can, nah, man, it's a respect thing. I know, I know. 
I just it, it always looks like one of those Casio calculator watches to me every time I see it. <laughs> you know the you know the one. Oh, I know you the know. one. Yeah. I know the one. I wanted one so bad. <laughs> Never got it. Yeah. Never got it. Yeah, I probably who know I probably did have one at one point, but I just don't remember. Ed Bay, right? Yeah. Ed Bay. It's uh, I mean, this is. It, it's just it's Ripley falling back into mother mode, which I know is a huge part of the story. But it's uh, this all of this stuff could have come across so poorly and so overwrought and melodramatic, and it doesn't. Yeah. It's both of them are just so understated. And natural. Yeah. Well, and I like this sequence because it's kind of, um, well, it reminds me uh, when I see it of the first movie, you know, kind of, you know, cause you get all the, the face huggers and whatnot. And, yeah. You know, they're kind of, it's no weapons, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, like, Oh crap. You know, here comes the monster. You got to run. Well, you know, we had said how an alien, you know, it, it doesn't turn to be like just Ripley until close to the end. I mean, yeah. she's yeah. part of the bigger crew until close to the end. I mean, she's she's the second in command, I guess, uh, maybe third in command before John Hurt gets face huggered. I, I can't I can't recall now. Yeah, but she regardless, was the, she was the warrant officer, so I don't know where that would fall. Mm, right. Yeah. But, well, yeah, but, she was so, um, second in command, right? Wasn't well, she? I wasn't sure if she was second in command before. Uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. No, no I think she was. I think Dallas was the captain, and she yep. was the lieutenant or the warrant officer, lieutenant warrant officer. Like, because I think they were the only officers. Because I remember then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the two guys that were basically they were like the blue collar dudes, and then you yeah. had everybody um, else was a blue collar dude other than Ash. Was yeah, he was, a sci- he was a science officer. That's right. He was only their officer. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, up until this point, we, we had some replay at the beginning, but it's been very Marine-focused ever since we basically met them. And yeah. now we're finally kind of turning it back towards right. replay story here. Yeah. You know, kill, something, kill something, too, something, too, to kind of consider. I mean... It's not a direct analogy, but there's a little bit of uh, Ripley and Newt in the Hop and Eleven kind of relationship, you know, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, they both both lost kids. Yeah, yeah, there's a little something there. I mean, even just how... I mean, there's a little less drama between Ripley and Newt here. It's not like they don't have time for her to... Have a teenage uh, resentful freak out on uh, Ripley here from Newt or anything <laughs> like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a little something there, you know, the surrogate parent, basically. Man, she she's lighting one after the other in this movie. Hey, stress, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too funny. I love how she just like she's just Gorman's like the freaking 
the coffee table. He's just <laughs> laying there. <laughs> it's an easy acting gig at that point. Yeah. Now, was this little conversation in the theatrical cut? Uh, the who's laying so. the eggs? Yeah, I think the additions are um, the backstory about her daughter and the um, the stuff with the mini guns, the the sentry guns. I think right, right, right. That's right. added for sure. I could have I could have sworn this little bit of dialogue was added too, but maybe I'm I'm, I'm remembering it wrong about the queen, you know, and talking about the queen. But no, I think that's in the theatrical. Was it in the theatrical? Yeah, okay. yeah, I believe so. Mr. Burke. Yeah, the worm is already starting to turn. Yeah. We can both come out as heroes, and we will be set up with a mic. You really think you can get a dangerous organism like? See, and I like how this kind of paid off in the fourth movie. You know, kind of see like them. Yeah. yeah it's, well, it's true. That is true. You know. Yeah, I mean that movie. Company has a, just can't let it go. Yeah, that movie has a lot of flaws, but. You know, it does pay off some of the more interesting ways that that story could go. I, it, it, it's, yeah. it's massively flawed. Um, I, still, yeah. I still like it. Um, I haven't seen that one in a long time. It's I haven't the, either. It's the one that I watch the least, honestly. Yeah. I really that's like the, the, that's the one I saw in theater first. Yeah. And I thought the whole... whole Ripley's like alien human baby thing at the end that like weirded yeah, me out so hard seeing it in the theater as like I don't know I would have been like it's 12 14 or I don't know how old it was when that one came out but that's still to this day just kind of like oh man that's almost it's, as disturbing as stuff in the first one yeah it's you know what and it's the execution of it was it's a good idea but the execution was poor very, very poor. Mm. I just really like Winona Ryder. So. <laughs> Winona Ryder! Back to Stranger Things. That's true. <laughs> what is it? What's going on? Coming. Oh, yeah. In the tunnel. Ah, see, this would have been added to them because it's... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all the stuff with the, the sentries, sentry guns is added. Which is, it's, it's, it doesn't add to too much other than to show that there's a lot of aliens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're going to keep anything, I, I could probably do away with this scene if I was going to edit my own and I would just keep in the, the, um, Ripley daughter stuff. I mean, that's more thematically mm. important. Right. Because we are at that, you know that third act because this is essentially the third act you have the third act lull where everything has to slow down yeah well yeah you get you get this kind of interlude where it's all about the med bay and it's all about Burke's you know betrayal and then you get the next act which is pretty much the you know the, the fight the fight to get out and then, and then you have the the last act is the whole, you know, the queen, yeah, the fight with the queen, you know. Yeah, and the and the guns, yeah, they don't really add too too much. But I do, I just do, I do like the idea that like there's so many of them and they're coming, you know, because they don't, 
they, they only mention it once in a throwaway line, you know, but it, it's easy to forget that there's essentially an alien per every colonist. So, yeah. you know, the idea that there's, you know, hundreds of them. So I like that the guns reinforce that idea. I just wish it, they kind of pointed it out a little bit more, you know, that there's, you know, scores of them coming. You know, it's not just the few that we've seen. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a number that's basically insurmountable by them. You know, right. With, yeah. with the guns that they have and the firepower they have, they cannot win. So. Yeah, it's a Kobayashi Maru situation. You gotta, right. <laughs> you know, you either all die. Yeah. Nothing right. happens, and hopefully the company doesn't come back for the aliens, or you uh, <laughs> have to take them all out somehow. Take them out. Get away. Right. That's an scene. Yeah, you're a Sam Bishop, man. <laughs> you should go. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, him volunteering for it is so good. You know, he plays it so well. Yeah. yeah. This is I'm not an overly claustrophobic person. The way this scene is is shot and everything with him in this in this tunnel is. I am an extremely claustrophobic person, and this thing gives me hives. Like just watching him climb in here like this. The tolerance between his head and shoulders and the casing of that tube is so minuscule. Gosh, that's like like every. like, I don't know if it's the camera lens, but every time I see it, I'm just like, how does he even fit in there? Yeah. Like, oh. Like, you, you can't put any weight on when uh, you're making this movie, man. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, my gosh. Like, just look at that. Like, how is he even moving? Like, Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, claustrophobia in circumstances will get me, and this would get me. Well, at least it's empty. If there was some water in the bottom of it, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Shawshank. Shawshank. Andy Dufresne crawled through 500 yards of foul smelling excrement and came out clean on Bishop the Android. <laughs> oh, man. what happens when we do an over two hour show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, this one, they're showing aliens blow up on this, yeah. this scene, and I like that because it kind of reminds you, yeah, it's actually shooting aliens, you know. Just quick cuts, you know. Aliens blowing up. It works. Yeah. Where were these guns set up compared to the previous up ones? Above them. Uh, in uh, the, uh, up that wasn't. Yeah, the, that's one, in the um, one of the corridors. The other one was in like more of a maintenance corridor. Right. You know? Yeah, because they looked at the schematics first, and then they anything. set everything up, which is why it's such a shock when the aliens end up coming up from below, right? Or no, they're in the ceiling or the something. Ceiling. Okay, yeah. They they get they get in somewhere that they didn't even. It's because that blueprint was so damn crappy. Right, hard to read. <laughs> Coffee and cigarettes. That's Ripley's diet. 
Oh my gosh. That's all man. you need. Caffeine and nicotine is a potent, potent combination. One opens up the arteries, one constricts them. Mm. <coughs> I think it's hilarious that they made her look more Spanish. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, she's, she gave her contact lenses and a, and a tan. She's of Jewish descent, so. Right, right, right. Yeah, just, I mean, you'd never be able to get right. away with that now. I know, happen. that's what I'm like. I'm like, oh wow. Well, she's definitely like a uh, like a Michelle Rodriguez prototype or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she's not really, but you know what I mean. The yeah. character. Yeah. I like that moment between the two of them. You know, the whole like, look, you know, worst comes to worst, take me out, you know. Yeah. Which I totally understand. I wouldn't want one of those things in my belly either. If only Star Lord had done the same thing. If only. Right? Uh, Right? Hey, look, everybody's to blame in that movie. All right. (laughs) You don't harbor any resentment for Star Lord. (laughs) Mm. Oh, my gosh. I have to pull one of these things, man. Oh, my gosh. What a great prop. It's such a beefy looking piece of machinery oh. it's just great and it holds up really well it like, looked because it looks real it looks like a it's not it, you know like well it's, even the it, guns in star wars look real you know well that's because this is done just like star wars they took a real gun and put just enough tchotchkes on it to make it look future cool yeah not too many to look like a star trek gun sorry star trek but you know like or other sci-fi movies, like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. like it's not too yeah, much. Yeah, it's not a ray gun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like just enough. You know, we 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 put a big handle on the top, a digital readout for the ammo. You know, I think that magazine she pulled out was the actual Thompson magazine. They just put like a little grip on the bottom. That's made out of a Thompson. Yeah, so I that's believe a Thompson, so. Yeah, that's a Thompson submachine gun with a with a shotgun attached to the bottom of it. It's two real working guns. And I think that's why, I mean, it, it, and that's exactly what they did on Star Wars, was they just took real rifles, you know, and yeah. just kind of kind of modded them up a little bit. Put the greeblies on them, yeah. Right, right. These ones just actually can fire rounds, unlike most of the Star Wars guns, which were just, you know, they actually, like, cut them up to the point where they weren't functioning anymore. Whereas that's two functioning guns in one, which is what makes it awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah I remember one of the first times I looked into props like way back like oh man like early days of the internet you know back when the original master replicas was making those lightsabers you guys remember those yeah 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 the really really pricey ones you know that were like three or five hundred bucks a pop I remember in those days somebody did a pulse rifle replica and it was amazing and it was it was somewhere around that range you know it was like 300 bucks or something and i remember i almost bought one came so close i think i bought a television instead i think that was kind of the choice i was at huh. you know when i was single and <laughs> had money to burn and you know yeah. i was like mm, i think i'll get the new tv instead so yeah th- thankfully maureen puts up with me buying the the pops all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh Trust me, I mean, 
my Lord of the Rings statue collection from Weta that I bought when I was newly married to Joy and we had no children. When I think back on it, it's it was absolutely obscene. I can't even believe she let me buy as much crap as I did. So I know exactly where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, she contributes though. She buys she buys them for me too. It's like... <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, Joy I bought Yeah. I would have been perfectly happy if she just for Christmas just bought me a ton of pops. She's like, I couldn't do that. It's like you need clothes. I'm like <laughs> You need grown up stuff. Jason, you need her Christopher. You, you need grown up yeah, stuff. I do. I do. Christopher. <laughs> um Yeah, so this sequence, like the way that they made it, like, oh, yeah. That was so cool in the making of that they actually like made like a a rolling face hugger that could walk and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 it you never doubt the realism of of this creature ever no. in this movie. It's so yeah real. Which is amazing because when you watch it in the behind the scenes, it, it doesn't look that great no. in the behind the scenes right. footage. It's it looks a little cheesy, but man, you know when you get all the layers of production on top of it, it it looks good. Yeah, and again, another nightmare scenario. You're locked in a oh. room and nobody can hear you. It's oh yeah, <laughs> grody. Who's watching? Oh my god, Dastardly. Bert, son of a bitch! You dog me, pal. Or oh, not quite there, yet, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're getting close. Dog me, pal. <laughs> Man, he's sweating bullets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I gotta know what the hell this window is made out of because she's laying into it. Oh, yeah. It's probably um, plexi of some type. Yeah. Right? Or it's. I think it's just plastic. Like I think it's um not actually glass. No. 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 Or is that what it is? Plexiglass? Is that what they? Is that the stuff that they make? That's clear. Like, but you can't break it. I can't remember. It could just be a real thick piece of acrylic too. Yeah. Yeah, because she wang dangs it pretty hard. But. Yeah. And again, another reason I love Ripley. Look at that. Just, just being smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie is so claustrophobic. Every time I watch it, it feels mm-hmm. claustrophobic, just because of the production design. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it um, it's it's ironic because I think it makes it feel bigger and more real, you know. It, oh, it's certainly real, but I mean, it, it, like stuff like the lab here, yeah, that's got some you know headroom to it and some some actual rooms, but all the corridor stuff, anything that's like the mechanical well, rooms or anything, it's just. I think why I like this is because like if you look, you know, past like the immediate foreground stuff that's happening, you know, facehugger choking Ripley out, like. There's all this stuff around, you know? Like, a lot of sci-fi movies, like, you know, that you, you kind of get, like... I, trust me, I love Trek, but, like, sometimes they have, like, just, like, wide-open spaces. You know what I mean? 
big empty rooms in the future, you know? It's all white and pretty and pristine and there's nothing in it, you know? And people walking around in robes, basically, you know? Like, this has got all of the crap in it that I feel like we'll have even in the future, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. just endless piles of junk. <laughs> Yeah, people. I mean, they're colonists. They're bringing their whole lives with them, you know? It would be right, right. Of trap. Well, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Alright, it was Burke. Oh. There's the family. <laughs> space mom, space dad. Damn you, David Fincher! <laughs> I can't say that. I know. Uh, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. No, no, it wasn't. He got railroaded. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, because I think... <coughs> I watched a smidgen of the making of Alien 3, because I was in the mood to annoy myself, and I got the feeling that I think a lot of it was Sigourney, because, you know, with Alien 3, the franchise pretty much became her franchise and she kind of took over, you know, and that was in that time period when it was made when movies were all about <coughs> the star, yeah. you know, those were the days of so-and-so got paid $10 million to show up. And that's the only reason they have a movie, you know? And so I think she kind of took over and I don't, I don't think she wanted to share the spotlight with anybody from the previous movie. I think there was a little bit of that in there, you know? Yeah. Well, she, she, Apparently played hardball to to do this movie, in terms of getting right. paid and yeah. running the well, cast. I mean, it was a no go without her. I mean, was, sure, yeah, yeah. Which I get it, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, you know, which is interesting because you know, from everything I've read, she is all down to be making this movie with Hicks and her and following up on, you know, this potential Alien Five that is you know, going to retcon three and four, which three and four were very driven by her plot wise and production wise. And you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just interesting to me that, you well, know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, And yeah. You know, yeah. And I think, you know, it's the Spock thing, you know, Leonard Nimoy did not want to be Spock. And then he did want to be Spock because he realized, right. you know, what right. it means to people. And it's, if any, I, this franchise is begging for a capper that, is going to satisfy everybody. And you know what? I don't care yeah. if it's tr full of tropes or if it's arch. Pay off yeah. the, some of the big ideas and some of the big promises. You know, because the first yeah. teaser for Alien yeah. 3 was, you know, this time it's on Earth. Didn't happen. Right, right. Well, and I think, too, like, you know, even with, like, the Ridley stuff that's come in the last couple of years, you know, there's a lot of neat ideas that have floated around the movies, you know. And I think... I really hope that Cameron will be the guy to at least script it. Cause I feel like if the right person writes the story in the right way to pull all of this together, you know, yeah, I mean, it, pay homage to stuff and, and pay off certain ideas and kind of draw the whole tapestry together and kind of, you know, I feel like he's the guy that could do that, that he still has that in him to write that kind of a story, you know, cause he's just a really good writer, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, get, why wouldn't you just get Neil Blomkamp, Ridley Scott, and James Cameron, and Sigourney Weaver, and 
Michael Bean all in a room together, you know, for a couple weeks and hammer out what is this story going to be, you know? I don't think really Scott cares at this point because he's happy doing his, you know, presumably trilogy with David as the, the main character, which I, I'm right. digging. But, right, right. You know. But that's the thing. Like, I, I, th- I yeah, I think they're, I think they could. I think they could have a kind of a grand finale, you know, um, that would make people really happy, you know. Because you could do this, you could, it would be a little tacky, but you could do it again where they've been stuck on the Sulaco and hypersleep for however long, you know, yeah. just age to where it's been so long that they, if they've aged to what they currently look like now, you know. Right, exactly. Because exactly. I don't think Carrie Ann Hen's doing anything. I'm sure she'd come back. And you could recast yeah. her, because, I mean, whatever. Um, but oh, just do it, man. Make it happen. Get it done before, and you know, don't spend, you know, three hundred million dollars making it. Right. Make right. it down and oh. dirty, and because I think Blomkamp knows how to work with visual effects and and a budget. Yeah. You know, because I'm one of those people this, that that like Chappie a lot. I want, I want more of this. But, I mean, like this moment right here with you know, Hicks yeah. looking up in the. Well, that's a um, to me oh. that's a uh, an homage to that. There's a great shot in Alien where Ripley like. Her fingers kind of come up over the edge as she's yep. trying to escape the ship, and then she peeks up over the edge. Yep, and it's right there. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and this movie just goes like, we just like it just gets even crazier. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really doesn't stop from the point that the aliens get to them now until the end. I love that shot where the one kind of jumps at them. You know, kind of. There's a there's one of those that kind of kind of. He must they must have jumped on a trampoline or something because it really yeah. just comes flying in at him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I read something just this morning about uh, Neil talking about what he wanted to do in making the movie, and I guess he was like, you know, guys in suits was one of his big um, must-haves. All right. Because yeah. he, he said that it would force him to film the movie the way that, you know, Ridley would have done it, rather than just CGI it, because then it would have, it would have, you know, you know, the idea of like the, the constraints creating a certain visual style and a certain, certain choices, you know, yeah. which I can respect that because there's, you know, there is something to be said about that, you know, um, even in my own work, which is mildly artistic, you know, designing homes, like, it's when you have a certain restriction, when you can only work inside of a certain box, I think you get more creative. You have to. You know what I mean? As as opposed to when you can do whatever, whenever, you know, because then it's like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't engage your creative brain as hard, I think. And I think, you know... That can be like kind of the double-edged sword of CGI, I guess, is that you oh, can't do anything. One of the best karma moments in movies right now. Oh, yeah. Suck it, Burke. <laughs> yeah, but by the time you've, you know, the last 20 minutes have gone by where you realize what a piece of crap he is, you're so ready for that cathartic moment of him getting taken <laughs> out. Oh, yeah. It's like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Sorry. Just been revoked. It's just been revoked. Yeah. Oh, 
we need to do we need to do that movie. We need to do Lethal Weapon too. Absolutely. We we've got to do that one. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was Martin and I's uh, New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve. Ah. Was like, let's watch, uh, let's watch Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. Nice. But but you're black. <laughs> I can't do a South African accent, but it's, it's I love that moment. That's a good one. Go black. Oh, that's great. Um, oh, Alphonse. Oh. <laughs> um, People are gonna be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" That? <laughs> There's not much to say. We're just we're just shooting aliens right now in the, in the corner. Here's another one, man. Oh, I kind of wish Vasquez had made it. I know I got a you Vasquez, know, but oh man. Yeah, if anybody should have, it should have been her. Well, they could have they could have hixed her. You know, she could have gotten made it, but you know, out of commission. You know. Right. But she gets that good yeah. payoff moment with Gorman. She does. She does. Nice to know that they have Mother of Pearl or Ivory inlays in the future for your uh, your sidearm. Yeah. Right. Oh, this always just bothered me as a kid. So the acid. Oh, I know. It's gonna be like, like, oh, crap. It's gonna be like the bad guy in the fly getting uh, spit up on. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's a it's it's a great. You know, the whole, like, you get hurt and you gotta crawl instead of, you know, oh, good stuff. Yep. Gorman. We're getting sucked in. This looks so real, man. Like, I don't know where they are, but it, it, it looks like it should work. Yeah. Oh, that shot of the alien crawling through is so good. You always were an asshole, Gorman. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I was disappointed that I couldn't find buildings with real ventilation systems to crawl through or sewers yeah. to have adventures in with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. So annoying. A lot, a lot of good stuff comes from crawling through, through vents. Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Alien. I'm sure there's some more. I oh, Gremlins uh, 2. Gremlins yeah. 2, that's a good one. I was going to say, there's lots of Star Trek moments, you know, going mm-hmm. through Jeffrey Tubes and all that. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, Newt. She doesn't really help herself, but... No. Yeah. You got two hands, girl. Come on. You got you to have another twist, you know? I know. There's a... <clears throat> one of the funnier moments in the documentary, which it was, you know, tensions were high on the set, like we were saying before, but that scene there where she goes down the metal slide, mm-hmm. she thought that was so much fun that she, like, would intentionally mess up so they'd have to shoot the scene again so she could ride the slide again awesome. until Cameron <laughs> until Cameron basically figured that out and was like, listen, you cannot do this again. <laughs> Oh, gotta, this, gotta finish the movie sometime. <laughs> is this my favorite shot of the movie coming up here? I oh, think it might be. Ooh. It's an iconic, probably the maybe the most iconic shot of this whole movie. I mean, well, it's it's one of the very few moments where you really get to actually like really look at the alien. Yeah. You know, 
It's not a quick yeah. cut. It's not being lit by uh, the flash of a gun. Mm-hmm. Not, um, mm-hmm. Smoke and... Yeah, no smoke, no red light. It's like one of the few... I think it's one of the few shots where you really just look at it. Like, just full on, there it is. There's the alien, you know. And she looks terrified, too. Like, it, it, it doesn't yeah. look to me like she's acting. Yeah. I don't think it would be that hard. I mean... That's a pretty spooky suit. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. And at that age, it's it's really easy to kind of, you know, the lines between reality and fiction are easily blurred at that age. Because I remember at that, I remember at this time, in my, you know, when I was only like nine or ten, that's when I kind of got into scarier movies, you know. Uh, and I think, I, and, and I think it was because you could, you could kind of still believe in it a little bit. You know what I mean? I remember, like, Jason and Freddy. It was like, I knew they were movies, but there was part of me that was like, eh. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm going to sleep with the lights on tonight, you know. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And how they almost get her here, but they don't, you know. Yeah, it's... It, it's and the doll want. head. It's what you want in a, in a thriller, you know. Keeps, keeps stringing the heroes along. They're always just a... Just out of arm's length of accomplishing what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Ah, oh, Michael Bean. I know after watching this, I was the other night, and then watching kind of the making of the abyss. I was like, I need to watch some classic Michael Bean movies. I need to watch Navy Seals again. Oh, Navy Seals. Yeah. It's so bad, but it's so. And Paxton's in oh. that too. Yep. Yeah, he's I was like, sniper. I gotta watch that. Gotta yeah. watch that. I, I, I own it. I love this. The freaking elevator. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's basically the it's, it's same scene as basically in Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another one where... I, I like the special edition just because it puts him back in the movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I know Cameron kind of thought... Oh, T2, stri- you mean? Yeah. Special edition T2, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember his his you know, his know rationale that it, it, it took Sarah back to the first movie, Sarah, too much, but I, I thought it just added so much to kind of have him back in there and show that he is in her mind all the time. I, I agree. I totally you know? agree. Because I like that, you know, that that she's not mourning in T2. She's like, it's rage, you know, the fact that she's lost him and lost her son. Like, she's not helpless about it. She's angry about it, you know. She's pissed. So, which is why I'm still interested in this new uh, Terminator movie that we got coming up. Oh, yeah. I'm down for anything. another franchise where I can enjoy all the movies, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, pretty much if you make an Alien, Terminator, Predator movie, I'm going to watch it. Yep. You know, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I've never seen Salvation or Genesis. Salvation is interesting. I like Salvation a lot. Uh, there's a uh, lot of good stuff in it. It's not perfect. Um, Genesis is uh, Genesis is a hoot, man. It's yeah, a hoot. I it's, liked it. It's worth watching. It's, I, liked I mean, it. it's if they were actually going to follow up on that, it was a promising beginning. Yeah. Um, I really like Terminator Three. Uh, I have no. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, that. It's it's a rehash of T Two, but um, 
just for but the it's ending. done well it's done well and the ending makes it totally worthwhile yeah I agree right. well and that's why I like Salvation because it builds off of it and well, and I, and I like that the whole the whole concept can lend itself that each movie can kind of be like its own continuity. Yeah, once you start messing you know? with timelines, who you know? Right. And I never watched the show. I heard the show was pretty good, but um, the show was great. Okay. Yeah, it's worth watching. It is so worth watching. Yeah, and I'm also especially because it's. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying it's because it's so steeped in T two. Okay. You know? All right, because I'm just I'm a huge Arnold fan, so basically, if he's in an action movie, I'm gonna watch it. So, right. Like I, I saw Genesis in the theater, and I was like, yeah, it was fun. Me too. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. All right, we're in the end name. game now. Yeah. My name is Dwayne. Dwayne the Rock Hicks. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be good if they were ever gonna totally redo it. The Rock could definitely pull off the Terminator. No, he's carrying a lot of baggage, though. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for a a good gearing up scene. and this, you know, Oh, yeah. Her getting oh, yeah. put in the, the tracker and then the flamethrower and everything. It's just like... Just loading so up good, the grenade man. launcher, like, yeah. It's, it's, up, well, there. it's up there with the... the John Rambo getting ready in, in Rambo 2, you know? Mm-hmm. Or Snake in Escape from uh, L.A. getting geared up. It's, well, uh, and, it, and it's it's different because it's not, it's not the gearing up, like, calmly before the battle. This is, like... Frantic, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I kind of like about her in the first one and in this one, in this, is that she, like, when... Like yeah. the situation is yeah. most dire. I mean, she like she just like acts. You know, she doesn't yeah. panic. Doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. She just like she just figures out what to do and does it. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah, the fight or flight mechanism is is strong with her. And if when it's time to flee, she flees. But when it's time to fight, she fights. Yeah. Oh, getting all that production value out of this smoke. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that elevator. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I mean, the alternate poster art for for aliens is is basically from this section of the movie. And it's mm-hmm. a fantastic poster. Yeah. Well, I just love like because we've been here. You know what I mean? Like she's going back to sub level three. We know that this is like yeah. this is bad news. You know. Yeah, hey, wait a minute, Ripley. You can't fire your weapon in there. Yeah, we know. She knows. <laughs> oh. Desperate times. Right. Yeah, and I like, you know, the little touches, you know, the rangefinder that she's, you know, and, and the marking flares, like. Yep. I feel like that's all, that's all Cameron. That's the kind of thinking that Cameron does when he's, he's trying to string his movies together, you know. He never has those moments of, like, logic leaps like a lot of other movies do, you know, where, like... And this is... Overly... Yeah. And this is basically the the finale from Alien 2, but writ large, you know, instead of rescuing the cat, she's rescuing the surrogate daughter, and Mm -hmm. it's basically the same thing. And then it's, you know, the same confrontation at the end, but large. Yeah. Bigger, badder, you know. Well, and this 
oh man, I still remember like in the theater, you know, the moment where she walks in and sees that thing. It's just like what? No, that that scene where she turns around is it's in like extreme close up on her and like you can see like the heat rising around her. It's just so cool. Yeah. Well and the thing too is it's like you know, Cameron has the restraint to save the queen all the way to the end. Yeah. You know, so many other movies, that queen would have been there from the first reel. You know what I mean? Yeah. The queen would have been in the whole movie. It would have been the queen with, like, three other alien drones. It would have even been, you know what I mean? So this whole movie, you're thinking, it's just the drones. It's the drones. It's hundreds and hundreds of drones, you know? And then and then you get this right at the end, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh... It just changes everything, you know. Plus, it's an amazing design. Yeah, you know, it's just. When I used to draw alien stuff. I would always, always try to draw the queen because it was just so cool looking, you know. It is a great design. <clears throat> Much like, like the mind flayer from uh, Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. I love her clear teeth. We'll see her clear teeth here in a little bit. Yeah. Time. You know, there's just something weird about that. Uh, the whole design of the xenomorphs is just so good, man. It's, Ugh. it really is like it, Freddy and Jason and Chucky and mm. Ghostface, like that stuff. Yeah, okay, great. At the end of the day, it's still a, a guy. This thing is yeah. so beyond the realm of comprehension. Oh man, it's almost well, G- Giger is so weird. He is stuff. so weird. So weird. If if you know, Lovecraft oh. was alive, it would be the kind of thing like he. Well, his stuff is even bigger than that. But it's the, the same right. thing where it's just incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and he and he he has this thing where he like kind of, you know, let me make something really scary, and then I'm gonna like add something to it to make it kind of like attractive or like weirdly compelling, you know, yeah. like in his. In this whole, like, weird place where he operates with his art, you know, this biomechanical weirdness, and it's just like, ooh, you know? And the way that it's come to life in these movies, it's just like, you know, the face huggers. All right, here we go. (laughs) That puppet. Oh, it's the new, yeah the new the new the new doll I mean oh the new doll yes can I see her little oh all right oh it's like it's just it never fails to be gross like what is that mm hmm yeah what is that <laughs> <laughs> well I know it's just like what I make sausages I make homemade sausages and that's not even as gross as this. Well, and you know what? This, this reminds me of, like, scarier, like, horror creature movies from, like, the 80s, you know? Yeah. Like, like you know, like, Cronenberg level. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a level of body horror to it. Yeah. And look at this thing, man. Oh, the way it's perched up on that. That is so good. And all these extra bits you don't really see again. You know what I mean? Like those kind of bone structures, you know? It's just yeah. like, what's going on there? You know, and you don't really get a... I mean, you know, this is kind of a glory shot. It's still kind of hidden, you know? Cameron's still kind of keeping it in the dark. 
you know. Yeah, until the, Let, the loading bay there. Yeah, yeah. Letting your mind add more detail to it. The hissing. Yeah, and like the, it's just like tendons that it, you know exposed. It's so weird. There's mm. a that shot. There's a, you can kind of see the rigging holding up the head a little bit, but whatever. It still works for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and that's just—I don't even know how many guys are puppeting that thing. There's, know there's two inside. Yeah, really? two inside, and then uh, then a bunch of guys working like remote control stuff. I know. Yeah, and rods and stuff for the arms. But there's two men inside the chest that yeah. are like that's one like like a big latex shell. Yeah. But there's two guys inside of it, if I recall from that documentary. Right. And what's what's interesting is that they each guy has a big arm and a small arm. Ooh. Yeah. So they have to, they have to work together to make all the movements make sense because okay. there's like they're basically like they're back to back in the middle of her, each facing out to the side. So it's like it's a weird way they're strapped oh, yeah. in. It. That's Very, brutal. Yeah. And they're and they're in there. Like they're sealed in there. Like, those guys are champs. Like, I'd go crazy being sealed up in that puppet. Uh, especially with the flames in front of them? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and all the goo and the slime and the, like, oh, my gosh. And look at the, yeah, we got full-on Rambo mode right now. Yeah. Yes. Blow them up, yo. And the music comes in. Yep. That's an iconic 80s moment right there. Ripley's Ripley's face is she just like yeah she goes Rambo yeah and it's awesome and uh, just all the viscera and the grew and everything I love it so much man yeah she just wrecks that queen's egg sack <laughs> <laughs> it's there's awesome a, there's a Michael Scott from the office joke in there somewhere I won't go there <laughs> <laughs> And then the old FU. Let me just throw the whole bandolier <laughs> into the fire. Right? Right, yeah. Watch it watch it go boom. Yeah, I can't imagine too, like that's a lot of grenades. And then that sh- I mean the shot of her separating the her abdomen from the egg sack is just like oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's like gross. Yeah. This is why you have to play the. This is why, like, when you know, you have to play the movie quietly under us talking, so that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll be able to rip the audio and, and embed it underneath, so people know what we're what we're chatting about. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be able to. They'll be able to tell like how off I am from you guys. It'll be hilarious. It's a subtle detail, but you know, several times you, know, you see him there as well when she looks at the elevator shaft. But um, there's the red hot pipes, you know, because everything's, like, mm. overheating or whatever. Yeah. She's passed it several times. It's a cool little little touch. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. Like, oh, yeah. Like, these sets are involved, you know? Yeah. But that's Cameron, man. He just, you know, 
Yeah, I'm just I I, I just get odd every time I watch this. It's a, oh man, look yeah. at that! It's crazy. It's ginormous and it looks so real. Like it just I mean, you know, nowadays if you watch this movie, you'd just be like, oh yeah, it's just a CGI monster, you know, like it would just. You know, you'd never think, oh yeah, some of these shots are miniatures, switching back to the full-size puppet, switching to, you know, like, ah. Crazy. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, with, um, Stranger Things, the first season, I mean, that the Demogorgon was a guy in a suit, augmented with CG, but it's, it was right, still a guy right. in a suit, you know? That's why it looks so real. Yeah. No, I think there's something to be said for, you know, augmentation over a full CGI character. But then again, you know, I mean, it's full CGI characters can be done right too, you know. Yeah, just kind of... yeah I mean, the I, think, stuff... I think replacement is what where it works, you know, when you have somebody on set to act it out and then, yeah. you know, and then... I just, I, wa- I finally got a chance to watch Shape of Water a couple of weeks ago, and that's oh, Doug yeah. Jones in a more elaborate costume than when he was Abe Sapien. And they yeah. just, you know, they do the simple thing where they just kind of augment the eyes and a little bit of the brow with CGI, and it's so real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The stuff they can do with the prosthetics now is is so amazing. Yeah. All right, and then we get the other fake out of, oh, crap, Bishop left. Yeah. You know, it's so good. It, it, every, it just, everything is designed to wind you up. Mm-hmm. During this last half hour until the until the very end, right? And it's and this is and it's funny because like they got me as a kid. Like I totally thought, oh yeah, they got away. It's it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. Such a cool shot just Great to see shot. her briefly exposed. Yeah. And the, yeah. the score coming up to us is like, it's so oh, good. Man. Well, and I, and I love that you, you, you know, yeah. We're getting hints of it, but here, finally, when she grabs Bishop, you, know, you get a sense of the, the scale of her. Like how, how big she is, you know? Yeah. She just, woof. <laughs> Again, like, oh, let's get stuck on some debris. Like, it just, it never ends. It never <laughs> ends. It's it's the way it should be, though. It's yeah. No, it's good. It, it's good. To, it's good to just ratchet it up, ratchet it up, ratchet it up. You know. With, uh, hmm. Yeah, the music here is just awesome. Safe. Yeah, right. You got away. <laughs> yeah, even with the sound off, I'm just like, I gotta watch this, man. Mm-hmm. Cameron's first go at a nuclear explosion. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting excited to get another movie by him. I'm glad we got more coming, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you never know exactly how great the quality is going to be, but you're not. You know, you're not going to be bored. No. I mean, the movie of his I probably like the least is Titanic. Right. So are they really doing? I mean, he really is doing like multiple Avatar sequels. That's what he no. says. It's been what nine years now, though. Yeah. No, they're 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 written and they're in production right now. They just started filming. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I guess he wanted. I guess they're making four of them. I guess what took so long is he said that he wanted to have the entire story mapped out so that all the actors could read all of the scripts so that they could essentially act correctly in, okay. you know, in in the second movie that wouldn't contradict what's going to happen to them in the third and the fourth movie, and Ooh, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, Bishop getting ripped in half here. Terrified oh. me as a kid. Oh my gosh. It's kind of a leap of logic of how she got on the dropship, but whatever, I don't care. That's the yeah. one. It's the gimme. It's the gimme. Always, yeah. I've Look always wondered that. Oh my god. Oh. I dissected Bishop, man. It still looks amazing. Oh my gosh. And her hands are so big. Like, she grabs them and just. And they're. It's so weird. She's got like nine fingers on each hand. Yeah. You know, like apparently that was something Stan Winston had been making for another movie. Oh, or really? Just because or something like that, and he used them for her. But yeah, they specifically oh. mentioned that in a documentary. Their hands were weird. They're creepy. Um, man, the the unintentional comedy award for that documentary I think goes to <laughs> how many times they threw. The, the bishop? bishop carcass to get it right. <laughs> it's the it, It's like a montage of just his body hitting the ground like over and over and over and over and, again. And, and every time they do it, they have to like pour a bunch of milk on him. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they just have a know. they just have like a half gallon of milk. They just like wet him down a little bit more and throw him again. <laughs> so funny. It was that was one of my favorite parts. Is just watching that, watching that because the look on the bishop prop, you know that like. Bugged out, shocked, like yeah. shocked, like yeah. open mouth, and he's just, and they're throwing him, and he just looks crazy. What a great moment right there, Bishop! I love Bishop, like because you get it, you know, it's a great callback to the first movie with Ash, and yeah. you know, you get to see that. You know, I was wondering if like the Queen could she see them? Can she smell them? Is she like, you know, like telepathic? Like, cause she... And, you know, that's kind of the great thing. I kind of like that that's all, like, just whatever. Ooh, yeah. Hero moment. Here we go. Yeah. The backlight. The smoke. It's so good, man. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the greatest lines in movie history. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. It's so 80s, too. Yeah. It's so awesome. You're so, by the time you get to this point, like, you're so pumped up, man. Your adrenaline is running so high from the last half an hour, and it's just like, oh my god, now we're gonna get a slobber knocker with a yep. daily queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw Avatar, I was like, oh yeah, there's, there's the power, the power, the power loader has finally, like, been realized fully, completely, utter, you know. I always like that look they do with the queen where she kind of has her head down yeah. and she kind of, and she, it kind of looks like hair when she does that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it kind of, I kind of like that pose. That was always one that I thought was real striking. Weird, weird things that I think about when I've seen a movie 50 times. Yeah. Yeah. That tail. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, this, everything about this is just so well made, man. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the the power lord suit is just like. I know that's that's you know getting puppeted partially too, but it's like it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like as fast paced as this movie is, I feel like like this sequence right here, this fight with the alien, and the amount of time that it takes, and how much you get to see the alien, and the way they kind of pause and size each other up, and kind of go at each other, and the different things that happen, like. In the CG era, that's one of the things I struggle with is, like, sometimes, like, things that should take more time, like this fight, like, take, like, four seconds. You know what I mean? Like, they don't... Yeah. They don't, like... I don't know what it is, you know? That's one of the the biggest problems with CGI. Yeah, doing cars and robots and stuff, yeah, it's... Those always look pretty good. It's when you have to start doing stuff that's super organic... It just looks weightless a lot of times. It's way better now. Don't get me wrong. But you know the early CGI stuff. It just it it, it doesn't look great anymore. You know. Well, and I just mean like even like just movies now, like the way that they're paced, like the way that like you know, like the way that like the way that this draws out the tension, you know, and ratchets ratchets this up over like a twenty minute period. You know, right. like, when was the last time you saw a movie do that? You know, like, most movies' climaxes are really short. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, something like Infinity War, which was, you know, this big to-do. Like, you get down to that, like, last battle, and it's, like, it's really short. Like, literally, Thanos, like, punches everybody once, and it's done. You know, like... Yeah, I mean, he kind of earns it at that point, though. He's got all the, you know, he's got the Power Stone. Right, 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 right. But... No, oh, sure, I, I, I get it. It's just it's just a difference I've noticed in the pacing of movies. Like, well, it's the Twitter you know, generation that's part of the problem. I mean, us right. old guys can watch something that doesn't have a cut every half a second. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, 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 I like mean. I like when stuff is you know staged correctly and shot in a proscenium, or you know you can follow stuff, or if it's a kung fu right. fight, you know it's being shot flat so you can see both people you know well, well it's like this yeah. right here like the, the the music is allowed to play and build and actually you know last for a couple minutes you know? yeah well, i mean i talk about that a lot too nobody uses leitmotif anymore really it's it's a lost thing it's all just ambient noise for the most part on on scores nowadays and I'm sure yeah. it's a faster way to do things, but, you know, oh, and again, it's probably because the people now that are composing in their 40s were, you know, listening to different stuff than the people that were composing in the, you know, the 70s for movies. It's why there is such a big gap between, and I know a lot of people like Hans Zimmer, I eh, could take him or leave him, you know, but I'd rather listen to the more classical composers like John Williams and James Horner and Jerry Goldsmith and Ben right. Apollodorus and... Well, that's like I put like like I put I I I do like the the fact that like Hans like comes up with melodies you know that you can like recognize and stuff. 
you know, like when you hear it later, like like the tracks from this, like that's one of the things I love about this score is like, you know, you can hear these pieces of music um, just randomly, you know, and you'll know exactly where you're hearing it from and what, yeah. where it came from. And it's why I like the music from this has been used in so many trailers. Oh, yeah. You know. Are we going to sleep um, all the way home? The music in this is just, yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we really didn't talk too much about the narrative on this, but I mean, it's if you're listening to the commentary, you've probably already seen the movie, so I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel right. like that's a bad thing. But um, right. it's uh, I mean, how else do you end this movie though? You know, right. it's it's the you know the the meta narrative fulfilled, the thematic stuff fulfilled of the woman who's out of place, who's lost her daughter gaining a surrogate family and I mean how else do you play that you play the two of them going to sleep you know it's a lot I know there's a lot of people that don't like Cameron because I mean some of his stuff is ham-fisted and some of it he beats you over the head with but I think when you're trying to do some of these larger thematic mythological type things Mm -hmm. subtlety has its place but if you're trying to do stuff that's more mythological or hero's journey type stuff you know i don't mind the the bluntness of some of the metaphors and the um yeah the way it's it's the way it's taken it's um yeah it's a little more uh it's well it's 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 drama you know i mean it's you know it isn't supposed to be well that's the thing like like i want to go kind of over the top in my movies and fun and action impact like i you know like if I'm watching a movie and it's something I feel like I could like, I can do in real life. Like if yeah. I'm just, you know, if I'm just watching like people talk on screen, like I could watch in my kitchen. Like I don't care, you know. Yeah. So. Well, it's like it, it, not everything needs to be This Is Us, which is is a really good show, right? right? But right, not right. everything needs to be that, you know. Right. If you if I've already bought into the we're in the future and there's aliens. You know, I'm yep. ready to yep. to take on the the more. You're ready to go on the ride. Yeah, the the larger yeah. stuff. That's that's yeah. kind of why I don't like the the Nolan Batman movies. I've already bought into the fact that it's a rich dude who dresses up like a bat. You don't need to make right. it super realistic. Right. You know? Yeah. See, and, and I'm okay with those, but I, but I get I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? There's there's a certain thing where like I've shown up to the fun house. You know what I mean? Right. I don't ex- I don't expect it to be sedate. You know, like I don't right. expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. and like, and in that case, I think the, you know the Nolan movies were obviously like he was probably reacting. You know, like let's go in a different direction from Batman which, and Robin, which is yeah. fine. I I think Bat if you're nipples. gonna do that that lower, more street level approach, though, I would have preferred them to be more like actual mysteries. You know, because yeah, yeah. the world's greatest detective. You know. Yeah. Well, like in this, you know, it's the thing, like, that's why I like that Cameron kind of approached it from, you know, what's a logical way for this story to go? You know, why would Ripley ever go back to this planet? You know, why, you know, and, you know, but then once she's there, you know, that first section is pretty, you know, uh, sedate, so to speak. And then, but then it like, then it, but yeah, but then it ramps up and it just goes over the top. And I think that's what's great about it. You know, it just doesn't let up, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and now it's over. Yep. Uh, well, I just my sequel. 
And then uh, they all died, and Alien 3 happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Oh, and I look in the maybe. chat here, and it looks like Jonathan has found the T-shirt. Oh, boy. Yep. I think it's like five ninety nine. I want that shirt. I would have to buy that. that. Yeah. It's five ninety nine. I don't know how I can resist. Oh boy. I didn't look for shipping, but I think it said five ninety nine. I just bought uh, a Willow t shirt. I saw that. I cannot yes. wait. So oh. did that just come out on Blu ray? Is that right? Or is that is that something uh, else? Th- 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 a while ago. Th- th- 25th anniversary, so a couple of years ago, I think, or 28th okay. anniversary, some weird number. Yeah. No, it's out, it's out on Blu-ray. Yeah, we got we got that one. We watched I have it. to get that, yeah, and I have to get another copy of, of Highlander, Immortal Edition on Blu-ray because somebody stole mine. So. Mm. Oh dang. Those are two that I got to pick up. So. That'd be great. Oh my god, that shirt is great amazing. movie from the same era. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. This is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I love. I love watching it with people that get into it, you know, like it's, it's Oh, I uh, totally get into it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I can, uh, Mari doesn't really like horror movies, but she loves the alien movies. Well, the first two anyway, so. Yeah, yeah it's funny. My wife, she gets really mad when I turn it on because it scares the crap out of her, but she always watches it with me, so. <laughs> I don't think it's as scary as the first one is. No, well, I don't think so. Well, it, it was interesting because I think, I think the first one scares her more, but even it's the tension. And the terror of this one, the like the oh, sure. the the relentlessness of it, it, it gets to her. You know, it really it really it really gets her, which I think that's just a sign of like why it's such a great movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like it's the one movie where like if 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 I mean I can be, it's happened three separate times. I'm in the first part of the movie and they're eating cornbread and my wife is already like <laughs> throwing a pillow at me. Change it. Change it. I don't want to watch this. Change it. Change it. I'm like, they're just eating cornbread, honey. Like, nothing's happening. There's no monsters for, like, 30 minutes. Like, it's okay. You should just, you should just say to her, it's good for you, boy. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's Arcturian, baby. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, what, what, what should we do next? Uh, well, in the works, um, I have recently... Uh, listen to um an audiobook the first official stranger things novel called suspicious minds which deals with um brenner coming to uh the hawkins national lab i won't say any more about it uh these guys are going to be uh getting through it as well so we're going to definitely going to be doing an episode to cover that um there's also a four issue comic book series uh that is out now uh finally all four issues uh, that we're going to be getting around to, um, which covers yeah. uh, some of Will's time in the Upside Down during the first season. So there's right. definitely uh, some more tangential stuff that's coming out. Um, there's a lot of stuff being published now, which is uh, which is exciting. Um, the kids' uh, yearbooks are basically coming out. I don't know what's actually going to be in them, but it's going to be the Hawkins Junior High and High School yearbooks. And uh, there's also a, D and, a Dungeons & Dragons uh, starter set. That is going to be the Dungeons and Dragons adventure that Mike has cooked up that they're playing in the first episode of the show. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, the new season's right around the corner now. So, uh, but yeah, we definitely definitely have some stuff in the pipeline. You know, and it's uh, you know, 
because it's books, we got to get through them. So we got to yeah, got to all get through them, and then we'll definitely be talking about them. The the book is uh, is very entertaining. I won't say any more until these guys have read it, so that we can uh, have a nice, uh, healthy discussion about it for an episode. Yeah, nice. yeah, I'm gonna get to that soon. Um, they actually announced, you know, a second, uh, you know, tie-in novel focusing on uh, Hopper early in his, early in his police career. Mm-hmm. which will be in- interesting to see how that ties into the main story. And then I think they've announced another comic series, just maybe this week oh. they announced, uh, and it's about one of the other kids in Brenner's program, maybe, something Excellent. like that. Excellent. So they're they're definitely going for, like, a, an entire franchise expanded yeah. universe-type yeah. situation with tie-in novels, tie-in comics. Good. Uh so it's going to be cool. I picked up today. I think I think Chris already had it. Maybe Dave as well. But I picked it up from the library today. Actually, the world turned upside down. Kind of making yes. of. Yes, I have the book. book. It is it is excellent. We'll probably give a few minutes to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, that's the official behind the scenes uh, book covering seasons one and two. <clears throat> uh, I will okay. say this: um, pick it up. Just mm-hmm. awesome. if you if you're a fan of the show. Um, it's a really nice package, um, nice trade dress, um, high quality. Yeah. It's it's exactly what what you're looking for when you're looking for one of these kind of tie-in books. Absolutely. Good. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. They got, Excellent. They, and it's got some greeblies in it. It's got some feelies. It's got a you know a map and a Morse code decoder and some some fun stuff in there. It's a yeah. Get it. Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Yeah, well, um, thank you guys for making the time that we can get together and review this movie. And oh, yeah. uh, Twist my arm. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's all, one of all of our favorite movies. I mean, I think, like we said, it definitely was a big influence on season two. And uh, we'll figure out some more movies to, to cover for season two as well. Oh yeah, well, we got the world's matches. turned We've upside got down. Book has uh, the primary some recos, right? Yeah, yeah. Right in there. We've covered well, a lot of them already and, now. So, and, and, well, and that was a... very affirming when you sent that screenshot, and it was like, oh, well, how about that? We've uh, <laughs> we've already covered right? several of these, so we're we're picking up their laying down. And, and apparently, I saw as a preview of things to come. Uh, apparently, the movie that they said is an influence on season three Uh-oh. of Stranger Things, Back to the Future. Uh, well, the one that I saw was was Fletch. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. What? And I was like, wait, what? And I read it, and sure enough, that's what they said. Oh, my God. Is Hop <laughs> going to be doing shtick? I don't know. I don't know what it means or how it means, but, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe you'll hear a Fletch commentary. <laughs> I don't know uh, what that's t- going to sound like. I don't but... know either, because it's hard to do a commentary for a comedy, but... Uh... Wow. It'll probably be just us talking over the movie for an hour and a half, but that's yeah. okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I've heard Back to the Future and, and uh, Dawn of the Dead. So. Right. Right. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. Yep. I know. So, lots of fun things coming down the pipe. It's yeah. gonna be good. Awesome. Well, thanks guys again for getting uh, getting together for this. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can send us an email at castprotection at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook. And uh, definitely stay tuned uh, to the feed here for more episodes. 
leading up to season three, which they haven't. An, uh, did they actually announce other than just summer that July it's going to? It is July fourth. That's July what I thought. 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So we know the date now. Uh, grill your hamburgers, grill your hot dogs, get yourself a soda, yep. and uh, settle in. That's what I'll. Yeah, be it's going to be great. Yeah, me yep. too, for sure. So uh, we'll be hitting that hot and heavy this summer. So yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to get it out on a, a more timely schedule. So <laughs> no, we will. We will. We're gonna. We'll, we're gonna. We're gonna do good. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and uh, thanks for listening to Cast Protection, everybody. And we will be back soon. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.